0: is winnipeg sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus well happy holidays everybody and uh welcome back to a little wst hope you had a few great days off with friends and family i know there's a lot of people off work this week but not the wst boys too much to talk about coming out of the weekend the christmas break for the winnipeg jets that epic victory over the Boston Bruins last Friday night. And we got a game tonight. Jets back at it against Bedard and the Blackhawks, 8 p.m. this evening. So we'll break that down and catch up with one final time in 2023 with Mike McIntyre, who is, I believe, the lone member of the local media that's down in Chicago for the game tonight. So uh, looking forward to catching up with Mike around 2 o'clock for those of you with us live on YouTube. Before then... The Hammer, Jeff Hamilton, with one final visit as well of the year. We'll fill you in on a uh, an epic battle between Jeff and myself in the Winnipeg Media Fantasy Football League as well. Get his thoughts on the year overall and look ahead to 2024 for the Jets Bombers and much much more. And while we normally like to do this on Mondays, it's a perfect day to get Connor back on. By the way. Uh, a great episode of Jets this week, which um, smashed its previous high over the course of these last few days with us being off. But I think a big part of that was Winnipeg Jet fans were looking for anything they could get on the team after that big win on Boston. Uh, another great episode there, available at the YouTube channel and on podcast. Check it out before tonight's game if you have not uh, if you've not listened to it or seen it already. Um, we'll get Connor. He's going to be keeping an eye on Canada at the World Juniors, who are on the ice right now. Um, and and I guess Connor and I will both have to answer for our teams in the NFL. Um, listen, it was a major lump of coal from the Chiefs' offense on Christmas Day. Uh, but I'm still stunned by what happened between Baltimore and San Francisco, and I bet he is too. So all that coming up in the final half hour of the program. Um, Great to see so many people pop in right off the bat today. I wasn't sure how well attended the show would be today because, of course, of the holiday season, but it is great to see you all. Hope you had an awesome, awesome few, uh, few days with friends and family, and now we get back to it on WST and for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Just before we bring in Michael Remus, um, a huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Our friends at Cool Bet Canada, we'll have another WST parlay coming up. We killed that one on the uh, on Friday heading into the holidays. A little extra scratch for WSTers that uh, rode with me on, at Cool Bet. Uh, of course, Princess Auto, Royal Sports, F Apparel, big Boxing Day sales right now over there. Boston Pizza, the Winnipeg Jets, Little Brown Jug, Nick and Nikki DQ, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health, Fresh Market, Sport Manitoba, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop. And we may have to crowdsource today's why not question of the day for not autocorp corporate waiver than McGilvery. But we'll get into that in a minute. Let's
1: get Michael Remus in here. And uh,
0: Remo, how are you? How did you uh, how did you make out for a few days without having to worry about the show?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I'd like to thank the NFL for uh, taking over Christmas. you remember? I remember those days on Christmas Eve Huss, when it was only the Hawaii Bowl. It was the only thing on TV. I feel like, you know, these sports leagues realize, hey, there's nothing on TV on Christmas Eve. Maybe uh, we should put something on and people will watch it. And I guess the calendar worked out for the NFL this year with uh, the 24th being Sunday. Uh, But uh, I imagine they would have taken it over anyways, no matter what day, because it seems like any day you can have an NFL game on now. But uh, it was great. Caught up on some shows. Uh, There was the hockey on the Saturday. Uh, The Jets were off. Uh, They had the Friday. Uh, Still buzzing from that, and it was nice to have a couple days off, not to worry about this. I did put in some work. We posted um, World Junior Preview on our YouTube channel. You and Scott did that last week. Scott Wheeler of The Athletic. Uh, That did pretty well, and yeah, Connor putting out uh, Jets Weekly and the Gabe Velarde interview in the last week doing very well on our YouTube channel, so still things to watch, even if we weren't live.
0: Exactly, but we are back at it, and we'll be through right until the weekend. We'll take New Year's Day off, and then we'll be back on the 2nd, because the Jets will be back as well, um, uh, at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, tonight in Chicago, and then it very well could be seasons beatings because it's back to back between the Minnesota wild and the Winnipeg jets. And we all remember how that rivalry ended last season. It will be very interesting, despite the fact that Dean Evason is no longer the coach as to how much of that sort of bleeds into this season and their first head to head matchup. Um, Nevertheless, two big, big divisional games. And remember gang, those are one o'clock games on the weekend. Um, the Saturday game at 1, and I, I kind of did a bit of digging, and I think we know why this is, um, because the Vikings are playing the Packers at 7:20 pm. on New Year's Eve. They have to have a certain amount of time between the games. The wild did not want to get up against the um, uh, did not want to go up against the Vikes. So a one o'clock Saturday game here for the wild, and then they do it again at one o'clock on Sunday, right in the middle of the NFL slate. But uh, at the same time, be a great time. And I know there's a lot of Winnipeggers that are planning on going down and taking up both games. Just quickly, Reem, before we get to kind of the Jets and everything that's happened over the last few days while we've been off, you mentioned that NFL slate on the weekend. For anyone that thought that those games might not be as well viewed because people are busy on Christmas, think again. 29.2 million people watch the Raiders-Chiefs game. That's more than every NBA game but one in the entire 21st century, <laughs> which is interesting. They Travis all over that one. But, man, nearly 30 million people. I mean, uh, I think we can safely say that this experiment went well for the National Football League and won't be changing anytime soon if the dates line up with the weekends when their teams normally play.
1: Oh, yeah. Look, people are jonesing for something to do. And uh, to me, you know, when you ever have a family gathering, you got to have the TV on with whatever big sporting event is. And you did have some premier names and Taylor Swift being at the game, sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes and, I guess, Aiden O'Connell, who did uh, was the winning quarterback in that game. Us. But, uh, yeah, you had that game, and the Eagles game was entertaining as well. And uh, all cap by the night game. So they picked some good games there, unlike some of the other primetime games we've had this year. But I enjoyed NFL, maybe. Uh, my wife didn't, as you know, I had a big fantasy matchup. I'm sure a lot of other uh, significant others out there Maybe didn't appreciate the NFL taking over Christmas, but uh, hey, it was great. Great for me. I enjoyed. I enjoyed all of it.
0: I uh, I, I loved it. We'll, we'll wait till Hammer gets into it. Discuss everything that happened fantasy wise on the weekend. Um, but li- listen, I don't know about you, dude, but after the game on Friday, out on the town, literally everywhere I went on the weekend, whether it was Saturday whether it was Sunday watching some football before everything closed up. Like, I, I, the conversations I've been having with Jet fans, like the level of excitement from, and a lot of people that were out for whatever reason. Oh, you know, the management's terrible. This team's not good enough. What are they doing thinking that this team can actually play with the big boys this year, blow it up, I mean, I talk to enough people and have a lot of friends with very differing viewpoints. They all love and care about the team, but they're not all coming from the same place. The conversations were just about identical. And it was a holy bleep. Could you believe what the Winnipeg Jets did to the Boston Bruins on Friday night? Like, I, I, I mean, I appreciated the very rare time to be off for a few days, but it did cross my mind maybe doing some sort of an emergency show or pod because that was as impressive and encouraging a win against a truly elite team as we've seen in a long time. I mean, an absolute masterpiece masterpiece from start
1: to finish heading into the break for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I think people, that was the game house where a lot of national media who maybe don't pay attention to the Jets as much as we do, uh, open their eyes and said, hey, look at this run they've been on. They beat Colorado. Uh, you know, they just swept... Uh, this. Sorry, they lost to Montreal in a shootout, but they just uh, won't beat Boston, who had seemed unbeatable on this homestand. They beat L.A. in L.A. Uh, the Jets have faced a number of tests here lately, and they've passed uh, most of them. Dallas being the one, but there they are, uh, as we start up the you know post-Christmas schedule. Third in the Central, forty-three points. They're although by points percentage, they're just behind. Dallas, so I mean this is a good team, and you see a lot of national media tweeting, "Hey, these Jets are real. These Jets are pretty good." And everyone knows if you have a hot goalie in the playoffs, you can take you very far. They certainly have that with Connor Hellbuck but they have a top line that's playing just as well as any line. And you know, Gabe Velarde keeps performing, has another two points in that game. You know, set up uh, had some great chances as well. You're seeing the skill uh, in tight of the net, and uh, everyone's saying, "Wow, Chevy, what a great GM." He is pulling off this trade with LA. Uh, Nito Niederreiter scored two goals on Friday. What a great trade and signing that was. And uh, Vladimestikov has made an impact as well. Another, another great move. So uh, the Jets are playing well. People are noticing. And I think a lot of people in the city as well. The highest attended game of the year on Friday. And I would expect that to continue here as we move on to the second half. And you know, I think the test will be, has can they continue this? Into January, because we were in this position last year where the Jets were in first in the West, uh, you know, in January last year, and the entire Western Conference, and they fell off and were one of the worst teams after that. And uh, I think this is a different team. Uh, The stats will show they're not relying on Connor Hellebuck as much, but we're looking forward to seeing what, you know, what happens here in the second half for this team. But they seem to be very good and among the best teams in the NHL.
0: Yeah, like even the people that are like, hey, they were here last year. They blew it. No, uh, we've seen this story before. Even those people after Friday's game were like, hey, you play like that, you keep doing it. Um, that that will not happen this year. Um, I see all oh, my buddy Todd Furtani in here. We lose Boston to, you know, you lose to Boston 3-2 would have been respectable, but to win like that, wow. Amanda, such a great game. They look so good all 60 minutes. No kidding. I mean, what stood out to me, we got to the game and sat down. We're in 316, so we were in the end, like, above the Zamboni, where the Jets are shooting at in the first and third periods. Like, I don't remember what the circumstances were that there were actually two shots on Hellebuck. I think they sort of did, like, a little dump in on the net and tapped a rebound towards him. But for the, for the majority of the first 10 minutes of the game, Remus, Connor Hellebuck was a lonely soul. That puck was in the Boston Bruins end, like probably nine of the first 10 minutes of the game. I mean, the jets came out and were absolutely relentless with everything that they did. And, you know, they got the goal with what was it? Seven seconds left or something like that in the first period. But to be honest with you, that was, that was just a little bit of karma or justice because they could have easily scored two or three beforehand. Um, And I I will admit, I was a little nervous as to what was going to happen when Boston put a shot on Hellebuck in the second half of the first period because he'd just been standing there for the better part of 15 or 20. It was was as good of a start as we've seen from the Winnipeg Jets all year, and there have been plenty of them. um, And they did not let off the gas one
1: bit on Friday night. Yeah, it was a really good start and also a good finish. It seems lately the Jets are getting those. You know, game changing goals in the you know end of a final minute. Boston thinks they're going to get out of it, and I agree with you. velardi had a couple chances like that. It was Shifley to Velarde, Uh, you know, gets a puck on net in tight, and Josh Morrissey cleaned up the rebound. But he had so many chances. Um, you know, the saw so- again, soft hands, big body, perfect complement uh, for that line there. And Mark Shifley chipping in. Uh, what he had two assists. a goal and assist in that game. Uh, nita rider. He had two goals. And assist everyone was rolling. what uh, you Appleton to Lowry on a goal? And hey, four, you know, they got up to a four-nothing lead on Boston. It seemed like the game was over. Boston did end up uh, getting one, but a very convincing win. Uh, Jets outshooting Boston 33-25. They also got a couple goals on the power play, but except it was power play two. It was Nate Schmidt finding uh, Nino take it for that first one. And I thought Cole Perfetti looked very strong. As well, so I mean, what a what a pre-Christmas schedule here for the Jets. Put themselves in a great position, and I did got a lot of favorites. You know, we we're looking at all the projections. I think we can start making our plans for April now. Hust uh, Dom from the Athletic posting his playoff chances at the holiday break, and there the Jets are, ninety-seven percent chance in the schedule. So even if they do have a, you know, even if they play in the second half. This year, like they did last year, they're still gonna. Math says they will still <laughs> still get in, but I think we can all see it. Like you've said it all year, it's a different team. They didn't have Nita Ryder. They didn't have Nemestikov. They didn't have Velardian. Uh, they're not doing that Montreal trip in January with a uh, PLD, and you well, know doing doing the media rounds <laughs> to uh, you But know you know, they, they
0: they didn't have Adam Lowry as captain. Yeah, they didn't have this level of competition. I think for spots in the lineup at the bottom, both for forward and certainly for defense um, And I know people are saying, I, I, I put a moratorium until 2024 on conversations as to what happens when Billy comes back, because it is, it is one of those things. Well, let's talk about it when it actually happens um, because he's going to skate. He'll be with the Manitoba Moose for a while. We'll see what the health of the blue line is at some point, but he will be coming up and there will be a decision to be made. But right now with the way things are going with the Winnipeg Jets, it is very difficult to, um, to even consider touching the defense, even with the guys that are sitting right now in Declan Chisholm and Logan Stanley. And I tell you what, man, Nate Schmidt, you could tell he was feeling it. He was extra jolly coming into the building on Saturday with his Christmas outfit Um, and had another big game and finally got a nice little point. How about that pass to Niederreiter on the power play with him being all alone to the point where he had the puck behind the net, brought it back out, and still was able to tap it into an open net? You can tell Schmidt's always probably a big holiday kind of guy. But he's got to be feeling pretty good about the way things have gone since he got back into the lineup because he and Dylan Sambrook don't give up goals, um, and they've been involved in a little bit more in the other end as well, this
1: last little bit. Yeah, Nate Schmidt, the, number, the offensive numbers hadn't really been there this year, and yeah, maybe he is a bit overpaid. He can't control that, but he's been a solid. As a third-pair defenseman, I didn't think he deserved to come out of the lineup. He had played well. Uh, him and Sambrick had been one of the best pairs in the league, uh, you know, in terms of not giving up goals. um, And so, like, let them play together. And uh, Nate Schmidt, they, I thought Perfetti on the power play, too, gave him an extra puck mover. And, you know, they worked the puck well. And Schmidt found Nino for a, a tap in that Swayman, Huss, was so out of position. I, like, didn't even bother to try to get back and uh, and stop that one. I mean, Nino... He knew he was screwed. Yeah, he collects the puck, puts it in. So... They were, they were rolling. I mean, they completely dominated Boston. Uh, you know, definitely a bit surprising, but the Jets, you know, they played you know the same way just about every game. You know what you're going to get with this team, and that to me is also the difference between this team and past Jets team where sometimes they look great and sometimes not. They've been very, very consistent except for maybe like one, one game or something out of the 32, right? I mean, it's been the same oh, thing oh. night in, night out. What Bones, what's his line? All lines look the same. They certainly did. Uh, when they were at their best there on Friday and, you know, they're in Chicago with the early flight, you know, what we'll hear from Mike about, about that, but look to keep it going against the uh, Blackhawks team that, uh, you know, they're heavily favored against, but uh, ending the break on a high note. And a lot of people take notice on, on how well the jets are playing.
0: Well, and we'll get into it tonight. I mean, this, this first game out of the break is always a challenge and, I would suggest, and this just has nothing to do with the Winnipeg Jets as a team or how they're made up. I think just on paper, traveling the day of the game to a place like Chicago against a struggling team where you're expected to win might not be the easiest of challenges coming right out of the break. But, I mean, what can you do? you got to show up and you got to play your best and uh, get two points and continue on. Because the Jets got absolutely no scoreboard help the next day i don't know if you were watching the end of that dallas nashville game ream but dallas set a nhl record they were down 2-1 with 15 seconds left in the game they tied it up with like i don't know 13.8 and then scored the goal ahead goal with 1.1 second left nashville turned what should have been a win into a regulation loss in less than 15 seconds so Dallas jumped the Winnipeg Jets, and the Coyotes played, I believe, the or sorry, the uh, Avalanche played, I think, the Coyotes. Um, so listen, there's one point between these three teams right now, uh, and the Jets have two games in hand on the Colorado Avalanche. So by points percentage, I guess they're in second, one point back of Dallas. Um, and we'll take a look at the games a little bit later on. Um, but there was a couple other great things that came out of that game on Friday night. The WST parlay. Jets to win, and Morrissey, Vallardi, Ehlers, Shifley, all to score. That was my gift to lock shoppers out there—a little bit of extra scratch. I think it was plus six eighty-five. We'll cook another one up for tonight. We'll drop that a little bit later on in the uh, in the program. But one thing I do have to address, Reem, coming out of the game, um, Carter Hellebuck did not get a shutout in that game. <laughs> And we all know why. And this was hilariously attempted to be covered by Sean Reynolds on Kenny and Rennie after the game. But anyone that was in that building knew when you're doing the wave midway through the third period against a team like the Boston Bruins, it is going to end badly. And for all of you that are saying, Huss, you just hate the wave, you're always anti-wave. Absolutely not. We talked about this last week. I did a wave in the final two minutes of the 6-2 beatdown of the Colorado Avalanche because that was the right time to do it. That, that you know, Take your victory lap when you're beating the hell out of a team in first place in your division in the final two minutes in a four-goal game. I said to the gang I was with, I'm like, it's this – This is not fair to Connor Hellebuck. We know how this is going to end up, and lo and behold, damn it, Remus, the puck went in. I tweeted afterwards. Everyone waving with seven minutes left in the game owes Connor Hellebuck an apology because it happened again. Wave remains undefeated. Luckily, they got right back to it. And um, as I say, we like hopefully there will be more waves just at the right time. You know, last couple minutes in a game that's over. but all jokes aside, Hellebuck didn't have to be brilliant. Um, but this was more the same we've seen from Hellebuck all season long—steady, S- ready to make the big saves. And with the team playing in front of them the way the Winnipeg Jets are, not a lot of pucks going in the net.
1: Yeah, Friday night, Hus. Uh, right before the holiday break, you're up for nothing. Uh, go ahead, have fun, and do the wave. I did find it amusing watching on TV, and Dan Robertson's like, oh, and they're doing the wave here in Canada Life (laughs) Center. And not only did Boston score us, it was like a nothing, harmless shot from the point. Maybe he got screened a little, but I just had to laugh. I mean, I don't know. I want to say, obviously, you know, nothing, whatever happens in the stands has no bearing on the game, but I don't know, maybe people standing up and sitting down in succession blocked Hallback's view and he was distracted and the team couldn't, you know, keep that strong defensive structure together. And I think we go on a clip, you're not anti-wave, you're not anti-fans having fun, but you want to make sure it's at a time that's appropriate with the time remaining on the yes. game. And I've the been score. around too
0: many times that, you know, you do things. It's like singing na, 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 you know, like, <laughs> you know, don't do that in the second period. <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, I guess some people think of it as just a fun thing to do for people that want to go to the game and not pay attention and be more concerned about who's standing up as opposed to what's happening on the ice. I think the there is a more sophisticated hockey fan that realizes, go nuts, do it when when you've won the game. Because otherwise... It can be embarrassing. It can be very frustrating for fans that are locked into a game that isn't over. I will emphasize that as well. Um, but again, it just comes down to bad vibes and bad juju. And everything's going right for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, our goalies don't need to be cursed by overzealous waivers <laughs> before things before things get going. Um So anyways, I thought I would bring that. up, And and it, it is funny, though, Remus. I mean, between the popularity of this show and these takes that we've had and conversations with other people, I was getting texts in the seats before the goal even went in. And at the end of, like, when it actually went in, my phone blew up and I looked over and I probably had about a dozen straight text messages the bleeping wave, what are people doing? So uh, at, at least people that feel the same way know where to come with their wave takes. And that was here. And uh, Rennie, Rennie was loving the wave. Big wave guy, Rennie. I wonder whether he was doing it in the press box. I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, but anyways, he had some fun with it after the game as well. Bottom line, though, that was an unbelievable way to go into the... Um, I would. I shouldn't even say unbelievable because it is believable with what they've done against Colorado and the Kings. And I'm looking. I've been looking at the schedule. When do the Jets get a chance to play the Dallas Stars again? When do the Jets get a chance to play the Vegas Golden Knights again? Because those are the ta- challenges coming up in the second half of the season that I'm most looking forward to to see. I mean, you know, the Jets were 0-2 in their first two cracks against Dallas, 0-2 against their first two cracks against Vegas. Um, Those are definitely measuring stick games here in the the West and in the Central Division for the Dallas Stars. Um, They've passed pretty much all these tests over the course of the last, better part of the last six weeks. Those will be very interesting. But right now, it's about stacking points and um, you know we'll get into this game with chicago in a minute with uh, mike mcintyre um but then this back-to-back against the minnesota wild with their new head coach and the wild in a much more desperate spot than the jets are you know looking up at the blues coyotes predators jets avalanche and stars in the standings um 34 points in 32 games so the jets have a nine point cushion right now in the same games played but again Back-to-back games in the division. You win those two in regulation, you can close that gap quite quickly. So, it's going to be a fun week. Um, uh, you know, with three Central Division games uh, before we ring in the new year and get ready to welcome in the NHL's leading scorer, Kirill Kucherov, in the Tampa Bay Lightning on next Tuesday.
1: Yeah, is that still a measuring stick, litmus test, litmus test game? But uh, you look at the Central Division here, Hus, in the last ten. The Jets leading the last 10, 8-1-1. Minnesota right behind, 7-3-0. Doing very well since the coaching change. And Dallas and Colorado, they got six wins in their last 10. So uh, it's going to be very tight. I think the Central is better than we thought it was going to be, except for Chicago, who's far and away goal differential, the worst team in the division, minus 43. The next closest team is St. Louis minus 11, who's kind of picked it up a little since the coaching change. But yeah, these are big. I mean, this should be a win here for the Jets. If you'd like to think so. And back to get yeah, back against Minnesota. Looking forward to seeing uh, how the home crowd treats Ryan Hartman uh, here, Hus, because a lot of bad, a lot of bad taste in my mouth after that hit on Nikolai Ehlers, which was absolutely un- dirty, unnecessary, and knocked him out for the playoffs. It was is pretty rough.
0: That's the one reason why I'm kind of pissed off that Everson got fired. I mean, I really wanted him to be on the bench and to have to, you know, talk about this all. Like I, I'm, I'll be very interested as to <laughs> Hines, as to how Hines sort of plays this, because the majority of the players are the same, um, and there's a large number of Winnipeg Jets. that will be remembering what happened. Rick Bonus remembers what happened. But when you bring in somebody that was with another team at that point, you wonder whether that might, you know, curtail some of the bad blood or at least the focus from the wild sort of things. Um, but there's another game to uh, game to play first uh, first tonight. Um, Mike McIntyre is with the Winnipeg Free Press and he's in Chicago. Um, apparently, it was an early morning flight today for the fellas. It went for a skate this morning, and then presumably back to the hotel. Um, to get ready as you would for a normal road game. Um, So we'll check in with Mike and get a full rundown, get his thoughts on the club, uh, and then Connor a little later on. But the hammer's coming up in just a second. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, Before we do that, uh, I do want to give a a big cheers to our friends at Canadian Club. I know many of you maybe got a Liquor Mart's gift card or uh, maybe some money, and you're thinking about something to take you in through New Year's. Get on down to... uh, Get her down to your local Manitoba Liquor Marts because all the Canadian Club favorites are on sale. The original 100% rye Canadian Classic 12-year-old. And, of course, there still is some of the CC Invitation Series 15-year-old Sherry Cask. The signature Canadian Club uh, Classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging and Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. Those are available right now. And again, New Year's Eve is coming up. Get into the liquor marts early and wherever you're ringing in the new year. And always, please enjoy responsibly. Um, Great stuff from our friends at Manitoba Battery. And, of course, they had that last sale heading in. Boxing Day deals right now through the week. Um, Check these out to get you ready for winter. 25-foot booster cables for $60. bucks. 3 sets of 12-foot booster cables for 60 bucks. A 2,000-amp booster pack for 120 bucks. And for all of you hitting uh, the ice at some point, how about this? An ice fishing package that includes a 10-amp lithium battery and charger for 120 bucks. Of course, Manitoba Batteries, your number one spot for batteries of all makes, models, shapes, sizes. Best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores, and free delivery on any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. Get on over to manitobabattery.com. Give them a phone call, 204-783-8787, or pop by and see them at um, 1026 Logan Avenue. Um, hey, if you're thinking about trying to squeeze in for a cut and get looking great and fresh for New Year's Eve, I'd get on that right now over at one of eight modern man barber shops now with eight locations in winnipeg including the newest locations on pemina highway or plessy road guys got you covered with haircuts uh, beard shaping shaves color services and more look your best heading into the new year and book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on instagram as well at modern man barber shops and while you're thinking about plans and projects for 2024 maybe make 2023 either the year years 2024 i should say the year that um you do up the home with the new renovation whole home renovation start with aqua tech with thousands of renos is their foundation aqua tech can upgrade any space in your home if you're ready to enhance your kitchen bathroom or even add a man cave to your home visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations including financing options all right McIntyre back with the Jets in a minute we've got lots to get to with uh, our pal Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press Hammer best of the season how was the uh how were the Christmas uh festivities with uh, the fam go well for you a couple days off
2: work Hustler, yeah, I got my few days off work. As you can tell, I'm still very wired when it comes to my headphones. So it wasn't a incredibly lucrative, uh, you know, haul if you will for Christmas gifts. But I did manage to get some money from my mom, so maybe I'll turn that into uh, wireless headphones. But you know, as I maintain along with Remo that you know some of the best sound quality comes from wire wired input. So, uh, but anyways, other than that, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool to have a few days off. It was interesting this this December. Was I was really looking forward to it, and uh, you know, the last two Christmases I managed to get sick. I think I, I had COVID for one of them for sure, and then I had a flu for the other one, and and had to cancel. This time it was my family's turn; they had to bail on the festivities because most of my family was sick. So it was uh, we managed to get some stuff, we managed to get a meal in at my mom's place yesterday, so it wasn't all lost. But uh, yeah, pretty quiet, kind of the way I wanted it to be, honest with you. But looking forward to this new year coming up, and particularly the end of this month. You know, um oh and then the fantasy. We didn't talk about this.
0: Yes, that was fantasy.
2: I was it was a bad weekend for me as a as a general manager of two very successful teams in the regular season. I'm gonna have to look real long and hard at where I misstepped on this, you know, where my you know, GMing could have been better, but I lost to you and I lost my other semifinal after getting a buy into the semis. It was a disappointing, crushing weekend for me. That That is nice. Tico Polly
0: and many people are asking, uh, and I figured I would wait to bring you on. Let's just go to the Mm. AI-generated recap of the game. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, let's do it. The Pat Pack dominates the Godfather, securing a spot in the championship finals in a stunning display of dominance. Pat Pack crushed the Godfather with a score of 166.52, leading the Godfather in the dust with only 107.06 points. The victory was secured early on Sunday, leaving the Godfather no chance for a comeback with an impressive grade of A+, compared to the Godfather's dismal D-, it is clear who the fantasy football champions are. Now there is none none it. But I and I say this kind of tongue AI in cheek. AI bullies,
2: man. AI bullies.
0: AI bullies. Um <laughs> but listen, Hammer, I I I hate to say this to you, but you just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Classic. On the receiving end of an unprecedented fantasy football buzzsaw. And you'll know what I mean in a second when I tell you unprecedented. So I played in 7 leagues this year. I missed the playoffs in one. The record in itself. I did not get into any buys. So not this past week but the week before I had to play in six quarterfinal games and I was hoping to advance in a couple of them. Mm. I somehow went 6 and 0. And to go 6 and 0 in one week when like it's not like I have the same players on all these teams. Like they're going against each other. It's
2: absolutely impossible.
0: I figured it's probably like about a one percent chance of making that happen. So that was heading into this week. So I kind of thought that I was going to lose. Did you have a lot
2: of? Did you have a lot of like not the same not, players? Not like, a lot you, of similar players. Like, did you have Brees Hall go off? Like you had Brees Hall go off in our game to two and a forty-two points. Brees Hall.
0: Only team I had Brees Hall on was the yeah. one that was against you. Um, unfortunately, oh. like there's a couple teams I had McCaffrey on two. St. Brown on three, but again, like different quarterbacks, it, it, as a, mathematically almost impossible for that to happen. So that was in the quarters. So I actually had these six matches this
2: week. Someone tells me this story isn't over, Hus.
0: It happened again. Six and whole oh again. I'm in the finals of all six leagues. Wow, that's incredible. I, 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 and I've been wrapping my head around it. I mean, I have. And I mean, no buys,
2: just to just to reiterate, no buys, so no, no buys. No top two finishes in any of those six. Two traditions. straight
0: weeks. And, and and in consecutive weeks, I had to thread the needle. Two weeks ago, it was the Hurts. I had Hurts and Brown on one, was against them in another, and got like 22 points to win. But if they got 27, I would have lost. Like kind of get in that middle. And right. the exact same thing happened on that Raiders-Niners game. So... I, I don't know. I think it's maybe all of the We've been doing some volunteer work community you work. Or, 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 like what, I just hang what, what out on Corner
2: and help the elderly ladies across the street and always oh, uh, got dollars in your in your cup change? I, I don't know. I don't what know. What is the secret, man? What is it? Come on, what is it? It it, it, it is it, it is can't, I, it, it can't be diet <laughs> and rest. So <laughs> what, but what is it? Come on, did you like run into like a, a special agreement over Christmas with like one of Santa's elves that you you know, you've promised to do so many different things in 2024 that they're going to wrap up 2023 in a, in, a, in a very special way for you. I and the do wonder whether whether I did commit. Andrew Husser-Patterson should wrap up a, third, <laughs> a, a, a year is by completely sweeping the uh, fantasy football finals. Who knows?
0: Zero chance to be able to do that three weeks in a row. But just the fact that it was two, I mean, I still... I was fully expecting to go, like, one and five last week after, after the first one, so anyways it was a it was a buzz it was a good season you did have a uh, you did have a great team um listen we we'll get into the Jets in a minute <clears throat> kind of heading into uh talk with Mike in Chicago but um you know this is the last time we're speaking in 2023. How would you categorize 2023 for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers knowing that their ultimate goal, was to win another championship, and they fell just short. But are we now far enough away from the end result of that championship game to look back at another, I mean, incredible year for the Bombers on the field, off the field? Or have they sort of established themselves and the standards so high that this was a year that had a lot of good in it, but they're probably not really looking fondly back at 2023 because, I mean, I just think about the crowds this year, everything that went in. I mean, with the exception of two minutes, and it's a pretty big exception, but two minutes at the end of that game in Hamilton, I mean, another magical year for the Blue Bombers, and I think people should be excited and fired up about what's to come.
2: I don't know how you can look at 2023 and see it as a bad year. You know, it's, is it a disappointing end to a, a good season? Yeah, um, you know, most definitely. You mentioned, has the second straight year that the Bombers have eclipsed uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for attendance. We all know what the energy level was like at IG Field throughout the season. It was, it was incredible. The atmosphere, the support from fans was unwavering. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you look at the, you know, the regular season, the Bombers set out to... You know, as they, as they have the last couple of years to, to, you know, win the division in the regular season, earn that, in, you know, incredibly important uh, first-round buy. I have to just play one home game to, to make it to the finals. So, you know, everything, you know, every single step of the way, you know, every single week, you know, all the, the talking points, the you know, just focus on going 1-0 and each week, you know, all, all that discipline, all that consistency when it comes to playing – you know, there were, were there some cracks in the armor through in the regular season. Yeah, absolutely, there were. You know, there. You know, the Bombers didn't look invincible. They didn't look like the their twenty twenty one selves when they you know kind of just in that shortened year just whipped through everybody you know, on on route to winning a second straight Grey Cup. There were certainly some tougher weeks than others, but I still and I, and this is, this isn't a big thing to be like, but however, you know, if you were to ask the players in the locker room, you know, even though we've now, it's been weeks now. It's been more than a month since that disappointing, you know, collapse against the Montreal Alouettes in the final. I still think that the players would say they blew it. You know what I mean? I, I think that this is, you know, it's another, it's a second, you know, the goal was to return back to the Grey Cup, of course, and to revenge or avenge that loss to the the Toronto Argonauts. And I think when Toronto got their lunch handed to them in the East final by Montreal – think a lot of people myself included thought that the the bombers were going to roll past the Alouettes yeah the Alouettes had an incredible you know single season turnaround they had a a lot of momentum hanging into the great cup they were you know they were feeling good about themselves they were confident in in, in themselves much like we saw the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in 2019 when they when they went through you know the impossible route to 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 winning the great cup as you will um but if you just look at how it happened, you know the Bombers were heavy favorites against Montreal. They were heavy favorites against Toronto the year before. So, you know, I, you know to sum it up, certainly you can you can look at all the positives, and, and I think if you're, you know, if you're a, if a if you're a Bomber fan, and even even the even the highest expectations of Bomber fans, I mean, I, I don't know if you can be overly critical about what what you saw this season. But at the end of the day, I mean, when they needed to stop, and they need all the things that they preach about all season long. They couldn't get it done, and I think that that ultimately sums up 2023 for me. And I think for you know for c- certainly some players in the locker room, and I imagine still, um, you know, particularly after the game, obviously, and even in locker cleanup. But again, I think there's a lot of people that still feel at the end of the day the bom- the bombers blew it when they had a you know a, a ripe chance to, to to create history and and cement themselves as a dynasty. Yeah, but disappointing for sure. They did, they did.
0: I mean, I think kind of all of that is true. Running man. Disappointing ending, but overall a great year. You could be a rider fan like me. Which would you prefer: bombers going all <laughs> yeah. the way and losing in the last few seconds of the game, or the season the riders had? Well, the answer to that is obvious, running man. But what's what's nuts, and this is sort of why I bring up this the, up the question, Jeff, is that mm. the bombers are now the measuring stick, and they measure themselves against against Winnipeg and these previous teams, and certainly from a business standpoint, measuring themselves against previous years. I mean, they're sort of setting the standard. And I do wonder how the bitter pill of defeat in that game and the way that it happens um, kind of shapes the off season for the bombers. And, and, and I think it is important to bring up the fact that Winnipeg is hosting the Grey cup, not next year, but the year after that. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, this is one of those questions that I don't think you could ever get a truthful answer. But, I mean, if you pump True Serm into Wade Miller and said, listen, you're going to go to the Grey Cup or you're going to win one of the next two, would you rather get it back next year or would you rather be at the one at home? I would almost say the one at home. Like, if we were, if it was a different story, I think it would almost be a two-year plan to win next year. But with the age of the team, the guys that they're bringing back, some of the guys they're bringing back, it's pretty clear that the goal is very much for 24. And, and listen, they're not mutually exclusive. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not saying it's one or the other. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like this is, in some ways, it feels like it's one more crack with this group. But then the following year is going to be a massive year for the organization too. And I think that in some ways... They will be building towards 2025 over the course of this offseason as well.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating um to think about Huss. And I think, you know, you kind of I don't want to say you answered in your own question, but I think that's the big dilemma with the with 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 Kyle Walters right now in the mm-hmm. Winnipeg Blue Bombers is making some decisions on key figures in the lineup that are A costing money, more money than you know, obviously finding somebody out of a, a US. Camp. You know, we've seen Danny McManus and Ted Gabbaya do that, you know, in spades really over the last couple seasons. Um, and then figuring out, you know, the leadership aspect of it. So if you get rid of a guy, where does, you know, where does the the cracks kind of create or, or what ripple effect might it have in the locker room, right? Because while talent has certainly been a main ingredient to the Bomber's success, so is continuity. So has, you know, that, that FIFO, you know, um, mantra you know that the the culture there right and so you start taking some guys out of that equation what does that look like um you know what does that look like for the rest of the team and then you consider well how many guys who have been on the team one two years now have started to make that step to be a leader to be that and i think that while we've seen a lot of familiar faces us on the bombers um and that's been certainly a big part of their success I think you've also seen the emergence of some younger guys come into play here, right? And 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 we'll need, as is always the case, more younger guys to come in. You know, we've talked about this in the past. I don't think you know. Well, certainly, Wade Miller is going to put on an incredible 2025 Grey Cup. It's it's going to be a you know a great party in the city, and just the momentum we've seen from the championship game, and the and the you know the respective presidents and owners wanting to top it year to year. I think that bodes well for. The party in 2025 but I think there was a you know I, I think there was some significant disappointment inside IG field when they were awarded 2025 and not 2024 because when you start looking at you know the aging veterans we've been talking we've been talking about the aging veterans on this team for a few years now as they've continued to make great cup after great cup after great cup and the question now becomes how much longer can they strike gold here? Well, and I think the two, I think it depends on who you ask. If you ask Mike O'Shea, Mike O'Shea will bring back every single guy that wants to come back if they can fit it under the salary cap. Mike O'Shea would go into next season with the exact same lineup. Would that be a bad thing? Probably not. I don't see the current iteration of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers going from a 14 win, you know, a 13, 14 win season down to like an eight or nine or 10 win season. I still see them, Hosting double-digit wins with the group they have here. But to your point, I think you need to start looking at the future. You can't have everybody walk out the door at once. And I think what's interesting about this team this offseason is that there are a handful of guys who I think the Bombers just thought would retire. I'm not saying they were hoping would retire. That's not the word. But now want to come back. I think of guys like Jackson Jeffcoat. Jackson Jeffcoat wants to continue playing TFL football, I'm not going to say that's news to me in the sense that he'd been, you know, gone on this retirement farewell. But even the last season where he signed, it was just kind of like you felt like this was it for him. You know, he's obviously gone through injuries and stuff like that. Jake Thomas wants to come back. He's the oldest tenured guy on the team. You know, he's played some good football. Is he a guy that, you know, you want to bring back? You know, we're still... And it's interesting because I I blame Stan for it because Stanley Bryant that is because I don't because he never showed up to the garbage bag thing we haven't really got any clarity from what I'm hearing he doesn't want to retire but I also when in chatting with him at the Grey Cup he's a he's been a season a season guy since the the cancellation of the 2020 campaign owing to COVID and just you know you factor in he'll be 37 or 38 by next year for sure 37. You know he's getting up there. He's still a terrific player, and he, he's coming off a pretty good year. But how many more seasons can you stack on? How many more seasons do you want to stack on? And so this year's an interesting one. We heard we heard Kyle Walters say at Grey Cup, and then is in in his availability essentially that, you know, we'll see if we can bring back as many guys as we can, and if it works, great. You know, we bought another year. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But I do think there's the pieces on the current team and enough pieces like Zach Claris obviously being under contract, Willie Jefferson back. I mean, they they still got lots of signings to do, but it starts it starts with regrouping that offensive line. That's gonna be an integral part to their success this season. Um, and whether or not a Stanley Bryant is going to be on that group, is Jamarcus Hardrick going to come back? Is Chris Kolonkowski gonna be able to fit under the, you know, the salary cap with what will inevitably be his raise in money as he took over for Michael Couture on a cheaper uh, you know, on a cheaper contract, could Tui Eli be the next guy to do what Chris Kolenkowski did to Michael Couture? Possibly. So there's, there's lots of decisions. There's options there. But I think with the Bombers, just that they've been holding on to this group. They'd like to continue holding on to this group. I think it just becomes a matter of a question on where you need to be saving the money, making tough decisions on players, some of whom have been in this building, have been a big part of the success. That's the... Un- that's the difficult part about being a, a general manager in any professional sports. But it seems like with the Bombers now, Kyle Walters has a lot of decision, uh, a lot of decisions to make. Alongside Mike O'Shea, of course, who you know, who I mentioned, would probably want to have all those guys back.
0: What, um, uh, just finishing up the Bomber convo. What are you hearing about the priorities right now? I mean, um, you know, where where are they working hardest? Who is the guys that are getting the first phone calls? And uh, if there are signings coming up soon significant ones um where do you think it starts
2: you know i think it's easy to look at you know brady Oliveira in the season he came um you know he's coming off of obviously you know just a lot he was most outstanding nominee in the west most outstanding canadian in the league obvious you know two hundred two thousand yards from scrimmage he's of course a, a winnipeg guy a canadian all those things you obviously want to see him back in blue and gold in 2024 and you could probably you know, you could say the same thing about a Dalton Schoen, who has been among, you know, who in, in blue and gold has become one of, if not the best receiver in the Canadian Football League. So, you, you know, you want that talent back. It's tough to replace that talent. But I think the priority starts and needs to be the offensive line. It, it just, you know, with, with who they have, they need to figure out who's coming back. You know, um, who the, you know I, I don't want to say money won't be an issue. Of course, money is always an issue. Uh, there's always guys that want to get paid a little bit more, want to see their value raise a little bit more. So there's always going to be those negotiations, but I think it starts and finishes with the offensive line. That's the group that's going to protect Zach Kolaris so he can do his damage on offense. That's the group that's going to create holes and open lanes for uh, Brady Oliveira to have the kind of season he had in 2023. And, and and of course, it's going to give Zach Claris the time to find his receivers. Because if you don't have that, we've seen this in the CFL. If you don't have an offensive line, you're a Cody Fajardo of 2022 in Saskatchewan. When you have a bit of a better one, I don't even want to see Montreal had this outlandishly better offensive line. They did compared to the year before. But I just mean when, when you talk about the league, you look and you have a great cup champion in Cody Fajardo. So we we know how important the offensive line is. The rest can kind of figure itself out. They have some key pieces on defense. They're going to get guys back to resign, but I think it's finding that core group, figuring out what that mix of five starters is, and getting them inked. Because I think the rest is going to come after that. Ala, you know, Brady Oliveira. Ala, you know, Dalton showing if they can figure out the money. Hammer. Before we
0: go. Um... Just quick thoughts on the Jets. Uh, the game on against Boston has been a constant topic for the last four days amongst uh, everyone that I basically talked to. I mean, it could not have been much more impressive. Um, and then you look back at since the 4th of November, they've been the number one team in the National Hockey League. It's uh, And the way they've been doing it has been so impressive. I mean, uh, hard to nitpick too much about what the local hockey side has been up to.
2: Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, falling in those Blue Bombers footsteps of, uh, of being just a consistent team, right? I mean, you've heard it from everybody that's come on the show that covers this club that, you know, whether it's five on five, whether it's a change in culture in the dressing room, whatever, you know, whether it's, the, you know, continued coaching, another year under, under Rick Bonus's systems, and of course, you know, the expertise that comes with his coaching staff. I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to watch. It's been a lot of fun to see a team that you always saw on paper had, you know, had talent to see it kind of come through and and then to, uh, you know, to look at a group that, you know, seemingly top to bottom has just been has just been playing incredibly well. And, you know, I know there's a lot of focus on defense there and, and um, you know, for, for probably wanting to beef up the defense. You know, that's been a big narrative, of course. I mean, hasn't really been the case in the last couple of weeks as we've seen some of the, the analytics come out and talk about how strong the pairings are. I just think when you factor in Connor Hellebuck's goaltending, I mean, this is a team that should be you know, when you think about it, it should be uh, impressing. You know, it is interesting. You know, I think this is a, a real opportunity for Winnipeg here, uh, not just to finish out this month, but, but January as well. I mean, nothing to take away from, the you know, the victory against the Boston Bruins. That was certainly an impressive win by the Winnipeg Jets. The Bruins have kind of sucked over the last couple of weeks. I think they had lost like three of the previous four games. They lost to many before the Jets. They lost to many after the Jets. Uh, and so I, I don't bring that up to take away from you know the Winnipeg Jets win over a very good team but more so to highlight that they're going to be playing the Minnesota Wild here in the next week another team that is coming off a pretty good high of beating the Boston Bruins not just once but twice so you know i, I just i think with this club i think i think like most like most people out there you're really you're really wondering what's going to happen in these pivotal months we've seen the jets perform well in this part of the se- of the season we've seen them go into christmas breaks leading or at the top of the central division i think the next step in this maturity and this in their development as a team is to is to put their foot on the gas in January and drive through February and March you know and I mentioned January because if you look at that first half schedule here I think minus maybe a Tampa Bay game there's some pretty winnable games here and for the an opportunity for the Jets to like I said put their foot on the gas create some room up there create some you know dominance that no one's talking about you know everyone's already kind of talking about playoffs, but at the end of this month really could be, you know, the conversation. I just think that the jets have a real opportunity after beating some really strong teams here in recent weeks to beat up on some of the teams that they're staring down on and continue to, to, to continue to, 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 uh, you know, pile up those points and, and make a real run as teams find that next gear in the most important part of the regular season.
0: However, always great having you on the program. Thanks for everything this year. Um, Again, it was going to be one of us moving on to the finals. So I'm happy it's myself. But it's like Ric Flair said if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And you were the man all season long, along with Remus.
2: Along well, with Remo, yeah. Remo. And now
0: you guys have a big third place game because unfortunately mm-hmm. the dream of an all WST final did not happen. And now I have to take the, on the young upstart, Joshua Frey Sam, in the yeah, final nice. coming up Gosh, this week. I love and, it. uh, you guys have the uh you guys have the third place game. So um... hey, a
2: WST uh fantasy final hust. Don't let anyone tell don't let anyone tell you you don't dream big, all right? that's uh that would be a pretty impressive run. So uh yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure, you know, being coming on this show every Monday to just talk sports and and share opinions and and you know argue and rant and whatever. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So well, certainly let's, let's do it again in 24. Here's
0: to bigger, better, and more of that coming up in 2024.
2: Have a great one and a happy new year, pal. My man. really appreciate it. Same thing to the, to the viewers. Happy holidays, guys.
0: Great stuff. There is Jeff
2: Hamilton and uh looking forward to lots of good
0: stuff with hammer coming up next year in 2024. All right. Um, Mike McIntyre is coming up. We'll be talking jets. Speaking of jets back at it tonight, 8 PM game. Um, but this team is rolling right now, had some nice crowds, great atmospheres over the holidays. I imagine that will continue into the matinee on Monday and the return of the Minnesota Wild. We'll touch on that with Mike. Um, and then, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning loan visit of the year coming up on January 2nd. Excuse me, go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets. Um, and definitely, I mean, if you're now kind of if you've come around and realize that you'd want to get in for a few more games and obviously support the team, help get a few more butts in seats, great deals on four, six, and eight game packs as well. And I imagine um, that any game pack holder... We'll also have the opportunity for playoff tickets. So uh, I think we can start thinking about playoffs right now, although maybe not necessarily getting the white outfits ready just just yet. Uh, But wild 1 p.m. on Saturday afternoon, rematch in the Twin Cities on Sunday, um, and then uh, the Lightning, and then the following week, Columbus on the Tuesday Chicago and Connor Bedard on the Thursday night, the 11th, and the Philadelphia Flyers come into town on Saturday, January 13th for a great Saturday night game. Again, get over to the Jets site for all of that. A huge thanks to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, featuring great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Six locations. You can shop online at myvita.ca. Get ready for 2024 with the best in men's health supplements. If you're planning on maybe getting on to a bit of a healthier path, Vita Health can help you pop in there over the course of boxing week and get ready to dominate 2021 at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives again. Six locations in the city and online at myvita.ca. Well, the teeth of winter is just around the corner as we know. And, of course, Wallace & Wallace are the fencing and overhead door specialists. But while our garage doors maybe have gotten off kind of easy over the last month or two, um, the teeth of winter is what really puts stress on your garage door. And the right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know. And that is Wallace and Wallace. And hey, speaking of 2024, guys, if you've been thinking, maybe you've got a little money or a gift card or something like that over the course of the holidays, and you're looking ahead to 2024, and you want to look good, get down to F Apparel this week for their massive Boxing Day sale. Incredible deals on suits, custom custom suits, of course, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, men's accessories, ties, everything you need, to get a great start to 2024, be looking good at the best prices you'll find all year long. F Apparel is doing it up big time for Boxing Week. Get on down, 190 Smith Street downtown, or check them out online, F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. Make an appointment and get on down there this week. I'm going to be doing that with Connor, a couple of my other buddies looking to uh, to do that. Might have a, a large group measuring fest Later on this week at the uh, F taking care of the great prices for boxing week over there. All right. Jets tonight back at it. An 8 p.m. game and Mike McIntyre, who I believe is the lone media member in Chicago, joins us now from the Windy City. Mike, best of the season to you. I hope you had a great holiday before getting back to it this morning.
3: I did have a great holiday. Best of the season. You, uh, I'll put it this way, Huss, my app apparel, measuring measurement would not be uh, would not be going so well today compared to say a week ago, a lot of Christmas dainties baking. <laughs> but I'm trying to burn it off. Uh, I actually I'm putting in the the, the steps today, Huss my hotel, I'm saying in downtown Chicago my hotel's about five and a half six kilometers from the United Center. I actually walked to the morning skate. And then back to my hotel from the morning seat. I was just looking at my step counter. 22,000 steps already. And what are we, uh, mid-afternoon here? Um, How nice is
0: it there for you to be
3: walking at this point in late
0: December in Chicago? And how long did that take you?
3: It took me 55 minutes each way. So nearly two hours of of walking so far today. Uh, It's beautiful out. It's like... Plus six, plus seven here. I think yesterday it was like 15 degrees. Um, There's no winter anywhere, it seems like. Uh, I mean, I know we got a little dusting of it in Winnipeg, but uh, everywhere you go these days, uh, it's just like we're stuck in in, in an extended fall season. So uh, it doesn't really feel like hockey weather. It's windy, though, here. Hus, it wouldn't be the Windy City without some wind. Uh, So I guess it feels a little cooler than it is. But, yeah, it's beautiful out. Did you fly out this morning? No, I actually flew yesterday. And speaking of putting in the miles, um, I I took the, uh, the milk run here yesterday. Folks may not realize this, but since the pandemic, there are no direct flights to Chicago anymore. Winnipeg used to have a direct flight to Chicago on United. I don't know why Winnipeg no longer has a direct flight. Isn't Chicago like our sister city? You'd think that we would have a direct flight to our sister city. I had to fly yesterday. Now I could have taken the Winnipeg to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to Chicago route, but it was like incredibly expensive. And I love that we're on the road here at the free press and I want to keep us on the road. So I'm not looking to break the bank. So I took the, the cheaper option, which meant flying Winnipeg to Toronto, Toronto to Detroit, Detroit to Chicago, what would have been a two-hour direct flight took me just over ten hours yesterday, oh. with uh, stops in three different airports. So yeah, that was a lot of fun.
0: Listen, you're doing your part. We appreciate, and you know, and I, I we've mentioned this, you know, throughout the year, but um, you know to the people that are employing you and Jeff and Ken and the rest of the team at the free press, it, uh, I hope it is not lost upon, um, Winnipeg fans, the commitment that, um, the free press has to having you guys there because it is important. And, you know, we know that it's a very trying time in this industry and there is a lot of publications that are nowhere, even in the ballpark of the commitment that uh, the free press has to the Winnipeg jets. So, um, um it, it's great that the that the the paper's doing that and when we hear about the sacrifices that some of the staff have to make like you just rolled out um I think fans will appreciate it uh, well, even more put,
3: put it this way Hus, I I'm I'm more rested than most of the Jets players are because I got in yesterday they've had uh, now there's a few exceptions I actually was on the uh, Vlad Nemestikov was on my flight last night uh, from Detroit to Winnipeg. We had a great chat as we flew. We were actually in the same row. From Detroit to Chicago. Or it's Detroit to Chicago, yeah. sorry. Because um, Vlad Domestigov, he went back to Michigan uh, with his family for Christmas. There's a few other jets that flew here yesterday. Alexia Fallow, I think he he went home to the Buffalo, New York area. Um, who else? Uh, Nate Schmidt, he joined the team here yesterday because he was down in Mini. And there's a couple other guys that I I know I'm just slipping my mind right now, uh, but like five or six of them, the rest of the players, they either stayed in Winnipeg over the holidays or uh, guys like Dylan DeMello. I talked to him. Dylan DeMello went back to Ontario with his family. He then flew back to Winnipeg yesterday. And then uh, along with most of the team, had to be at the airport at 7 a.m. this morning for the charter to Chicago, which, uh, as I said, is just over two hours, and then straight from the airport to the rink to skate for the first time in four days. Um, the team actually has a hotel here in Chicago, even though Hus, they're not staying here tonight. Uh, they just rented a hotel so that the guys can go crash and get a few hours of, uh, of pregame nap in today. Then the uh, later than usual 8 o'clock puck drop tonight. And then they're chartering home after the game tonight. So we're talking about a very long day. And and you know athletes and hockey players, they're creatures of habit. And uh, so this is a little unusual to travel on game days. But folks may be saying, well, why didn't they all come here yesterday? The the simple reason is they can't. Uh, The collective bargaining agreement says Boxing Day is an off day. And so, if players want to individually come here on their own, they can, as a few did. Uh, but as a team, you can't do that. And remember us, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They tried to. Uh, they snuck in a late Boxing Day night flight last year, and they got dinged. What was it? Half a million bucks. I think they it's hundred.
0: I thought, thought I heard a hundred grand.
3: Is yeah, the, whatever uh... it was. They also they, they actually they won that game. Uh, in St. Louis, they just, they were switching time zones. They didn't want to travel from Toronto to St. Louis on a game day. So they, uh, I guess uh, they paid a tax basically for a couple of points in the standings, but the jets did not bypass any rules. So they flew here bright and early. And I'll say this Hus, for a team that, um, that got up at the crack of silly this morning to, to fly to Chicago, there was a ton of energy at the morning skate today, like it was loud, guys were hooting and hollering. And I suppose that is the sound of a team that is eight one and one in the month of December. Uh, I was also at the Blackhawks morning skate and I'll tell you this Haas, it was a much quieter affair. Um, But again, the Jets and the Blackhawks are kind of in very different places right now when it comes to the NHL standings. And I'd say that was reflected in the mood at the skates
0: yeah i i can imagine and um you know you mentioned the jets and teams are creatures of habit um let's hope that the habit that the winnipeg jets will have carrying on is the incredible way they played for the better part of the last two months um hey just quickly on on the the break in the cba yeah is the cba related to why this game is at eight o'clock tonight
3: no, I don't think so because there are other teams that traveled today that are playing at a regular seven o'clock local puck drop. I, I've I've asked around; nobody knows why this is an eight o'clock game. It's not like it's a nationally televised game. Um, I mean, it did buy the Jets an extra hour, I suppose. And if if this had been a seven o'clock start, they probably would have had to get up even earlier today and and fly here earlier. Uh, but yeah, nobody really seems to know why it was pushed back to eight. Um, I'm not very happy, Hus, because it means that uh, I'm going to get a few more gray hairs tonight <laughs> trying to file this uh, game story for the print deadline, which is going to be pushed back from our usual time. They are essentially holding the paper for yours truly. Uh, put it this way: it's a lot of we, we do not want overtime tonight. <laughs> no overtime
0: well you know hopefully you can uh have your story pretty much written after a couple <laughs> periods and uh and, uh, and go uh, go from there i i did bring that up just because i know that there's a lot of things based in and it's part of the reason why the jets and wild are playing these back-to-back one o'clock games right is that you have to have a certain amount of time between games yeah uh hours and i did think that was maybe written in Because the Jets played and the game went until X on Friday, there's a certain number of hours on it. Regardless, it's an 8 o'clock puck drop tonight, so (laughs) govern yourselves accordingly. Um, It doesn't surprise me that there was a lot of energy um, around the club coming back, because I think everybody went their separate ways after Friday and did their things with their family, but the minute they got back together with their team, hopefully they were able to get right back to where they were at the end of that game against the Boston Bruins, Mike, because, you know, we've talked a lot about this stretch of, you know, the Jets rising to the occasion against Colorado, against LA, continuing to play this five-on-five style that's limiting defensive chances and breeding so much success. But that seemed like it was almost on another level last Friday night. Um, You know, arguably the standard in the league for the last couple of years, certainly when it comes to the regular season, the yeah. Boston Bruins and a game that was, I mean, if you were sitting near Connor Hellebuck in the first period, you didn't see much because no. Mike, the puck was in front of Jeremy Swayman pretty much that entire first period. And the jets never really did let up. I mean, it was a, a signature performance of the season. And there have been a few over the course of the past month. Plus,
3: well, there have been. And you look at the teams, the Jets have beat in the month of December. You mentioned Colorado. They've beaten them twice decisively. Uh, the LA Kings, of course. Uh, and for my money, that game against Boston is right up there with that game in LA in terms of just impressive victories. I'll probably put the LA one at the top of the list just because of circumstance. The Jets had played the night before. And, um, and of course, Kyle Connor, you know there's the shock of Kyle Connor going down was still very fresh in their minds. Uh, they beat Carolina as well earlier this this month. So they've beaten some good teams. In fact, isn't it crazy, Huss, that if you looked at the month of December and the Jets schedule, if you said uh, they're going to lose one game in regulation between the start of the month and Christmas. Would anybody have picked the game against the San Jose Sharks, the the 31st ranked team in the NHL as as or 32nd actually? They're dead last. The Jets will see the 31st ranked team tonight in Chicago, um, but for it, it just shows you you know how crazy hockey can be and vice versa. The Blackhawks they've lost six of their last seven. Who was their one win against the Avalanche? Um, so you know it goes to show that any team on any given night but most nights the Jets have been the superior team and yeah I mean I think we've seen this team really take another step it's it's part of the maturement the the maturity the growth of this group and it, it to me it all it always can now comes back to defense and team defending And what are they now, 22 games and counting without giving up more than three. And most of those games, Huss, are are two or less. There's only been a handful of games where they're even at three. Um, They are not giving up much at all. And so it's not taking, they don't need to score four or five or six to win most nights. They get three, there's a good chance that they're on the right side of the scoreboard. Um, and so even with a guy like Kyle Connor being out of the lineup, it allows this team to not really miss a beat. And yeah, just the overall commitment and focus to defending I'll, I'll echo what Rick bonus said. I think it was last week. He talked about a guy like Mark Shifley playing the best two way hockey. I, I concur that Boston game Hus. I mean, I, I can count probably I, I would need both hands to count the number of times where Mark Shifley made a great defensive play. He's he's deep. In his own end, he, he breaks up a pass or, you know, skates the puck out of trouble. And the list goes on. And, you know, I, I just mentioned Mark Shifley because he's a guy we've talked a lot about, you know, being a player with some defensive deficiency, def- deficiencies. But this is a team that is all in. Uh, I had great conversations earlier today with Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon about a number of topics. Um, but Dylan DeMello told me the buy-in on this team this year has been incredible and um, it, it's infectious really. And I think it's what it is. It's guys holding each other accountable. No one wants to be the kind of the, the, the the weak link if you will in the chain. And so everybody's kind of propping everyone up and it's quite something to watch. You know, you, you bring up Shife and uh, I
0: mean, it's kind of wild that we're having this conversation considering the way uh, many people, myself at the front of the line, um, thought about Mark's future and the way the last couple seasons had gone. But I did tweet on Christmas Day, you know, wishing people a happy holidays or whatever, um, that the Christmas present kind of came on Thanksgiving this year. And, you know, we've kicked around over the last couple of weeks, you know, what must... Buffalo and what must New Jersey be thinking right now about the fact that they were sort of lukewarm to making a push to sign a guy like to trade for and sign a guy like Connor Hellebuck and how different might that desire be right now that it's off the table. Um, But I think Mike, you know, finishing up the year in 2023 and looking back at this hockey club, big picture, I'm not sure that there's anything that compares to um, the the two bombs that Kevin Dayoff dropped as everyone was getting ready to have turkey on that Monday and what it's done for the team on the ice, what it's done for the team off the ice, how it's changed all conversations, and bottom line, how it has contributed to the Winnipeg Jets flirting with first place right now in the Central Division.
3: You know, my colleague, Taylor Allen, you probably saw this. A lot of your listeners probably saw this. He did uh, the top 10 Manitoba sports stories of the year. And it was voted on by all of us uh, writers in the free press sports department. Um, and it uh, just ran the other day. It was a great piece. Uh, Kerry Inerson's uh, 4 Pete, uh was the top story. The Bombers uh, coming up short in the uh, Grey Cup was there as well. Uh, but right up there in, in the top three. And I think you could make a legitimate argument that it might've been top one Hus was the, the Hellebuck Shifley signing. Um, not just because it was a stunner because it was a development that not a lot of people saw coming, but I think because of the, the implication, the magnitude, uh, and the direction of, of what it meant for this club. And, um, to go back to you know, the conversation I had today with with Dylan DeMello and Brendan Dillon, uh, I'm writing about it later today, but I can tell you, I flat out asked both these guys, they are the last two UFAs standing. Uh, Mark Scheifele got his extension, Connor Hellebuck got his extension, Nito Niederreiter got his extension. Uh, Lauren Bressois is also a UFA, but I'm not including him as kind of part of the core guys that have been here for a number of years, like DeMello and Dylan. Um, Both those guys were extremely candid uh, in talking about their current situations and how much it's on their mind right now. Um, But I can say this, Haas, that they both admitted that the direction of this team and where they maybe thought things were going took an extremely sharp detour and for the better uh, when Shifley and Hellebuck signed. So I would agree with you uh, for Jets fans uh, and the organization. Christmas did come early and uh, in a lot of ways, it's the gift that, that keeps on giving because Mark Shifley uh, is having a great season um, and it goes beyond the points. He'll always get his points, but he's having a great season as the number one center and, and what he's doing. And Connor Hellebuck is Connor Hellebuck. And I think if Vezna voting were to be held today, Hus, he's absolutely in the top three, is he not? He might be the favorite oh, at this point.
0: Well, uh, for sure. And, and listen, there's a trigger, like Hellebuck is being helped. Listen, the guy's playing lights out. We, he's still the guy. Um, but the way every member of the Jets is playing in front of him is doing wonders to help him game after game keep those numbers down. For sure. And as crazy as it sounds, I'm putting Mark Shifley at the top of the list for the reasons for that. And... And it is his commitment. And and listen, I mean, I, we've always heard lots of things about Adam Oates in the past, and how that was frustrating with you know with with coaches that were working on one thing. He's got his deal now. There is nothing left to do, and we said it that first show coming out of that Monday of the Thanksgiving Monday. There's nothing left to do, but go and be your best and win hockey games. Right. And I mean, that is what everybody hoped for. <clears throat> what he's delivering, Mike is even beyond that. And I think that that, like, when when Mark, who has had his issues in those departments in the past, and it has been problematic at times, when he goes out and plays with that attention to detail and that commitment to the other end, game after game the way he has, it can't help but have a trickle-down effect to everybody else. And it's not like... There was a bunch of other guys that, you know, maybe had that rep. But, I I mean, I I can't say enough about Shifley and the transformation that he has brought after getting that contract. Um, And and he seems to be in such a good place right now. And, you know, you need your number one guy up front to be in that spot. He's there. He's doing more than I think we've seen. I would argue, and I know we go back to 2017-18 about how dynamic he was and all scoring the goals. I I think I would be there with saying that, you know, while maybe the offense at that point was a little bit higher, the full package of Mark Shifley right now might be the best version we've ever seen in Winnipeg.
3: Yeah, no arguments from me, and and I'll add this as well, Haas, just kind of on a personal level in what you see when he deals with the media, um, to me – And I'm around the team every day, and I think a lot of my colleagues would agree with this. Mark Shifley seems like a different person just in terms of his dealings with us in the media. I go back to last week. I forget the day it was. The Jets held an optional skate, and Mark Shifley was out there on the ice. There was only a few players. They played the night before, um, and Mark Shifley was one of the few players that had played the night before that was out there. And then after uh, there weren't a whole lot of players available to interview because a lot of guys took the option. Um, Mark Shifley held court in the room and talked for a good six, seven minutes and was as personable and funny, outgoing um, as, as we've seen in some time and, you know, flashback to last year um, Mark Shifley didn't seem at times like he was having a whole lot of fun on the ice. And Mark Scheifele didn't seem like he was having a whole lot of fun um, a lot of times when he'd have to stand in front of the cameras and and deal with us ink-stained wretches. So I see a guy that is just, he's loving life right now. And, you know, he, 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 he likes what they've got going on, obviously on the ice, in the room. Um, he likes where he is. His his game personally, where he is as part of the leadership group, Um, he's a very happy camper, and that's great news for the Jets.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's very clear he's in a great place right now, and um, he is driving right now. And the only guy that might be in a better place than Mark right now is Gabriel Velarde. Uh I mean, it was nice. It was bound to happen. I mean, Friday night, we saw some ISO cams of the Macarena actually being performed by fans in the stands. And they've had a lot of opportunity to practice over the last little while, Mike. I mean, the run that Velarde's on, you hope that it doesn't get derailed by this break right now. But, I mean, what can you say about Shifley, Ehlers, and Velarde playing together and the emergence of Gabe as a big-time goal scorer and difference maker for the Winnipeg Jets in the absence of Kyle Connor?
3: Well... You know, he's also just an absolute puck hound, Huss. And we, we're seeing that now every game. Like the way he the way he protects the puck, like when he gets it, try and get it off him. And you know, other teams are quickly learning how difficult that can be. Um, and that's a big reason why when those guys are on the ice, um, seems like whoever they're out against are spending the whole shift kind of just chasing them around. And and that line in particular has just massively tilted the ice in Winnipeg's favour. And even when they don't score, they just look dangerous, basically every time they're on the ice. Um, and again, you know, it's important to, to look at who they're doing this against. If we were just talking a couple games and, you know, and they were they put up some numbers against the likes of the San Jose's and Chicago's, okay, maybe you say, well, they're just beating up on, inferior opponents um this is a line that they they went in and you know that game in la they absolutely dummied the kings and they they just took over that game
0: and that doesn't happen against that team and that no
3: and that that's an la kings team they had last change that day todd mcclellan was trying everything he could to. they had drew dowdy out there they had kopitar like and and none of those guys could stop that line. They it's like they just decided we're gonna go out and win this hockey game for Gabe Velarde, which was I think a big part of it. But they've continued. They they had a great game the next game against Colorado. They were dominant against Boston. And again, they were out there at times the other night, Huss, against like the Pasternak line, one of the best lines in hockey. And the Jets were tilting the ice in their favor. So um yeah, I mean, I, no doubt that's a big part of why Mark Shifley's such a happy camper these days. And, you know, what a development to think that if Kyle Connor doesn't get hurt, you know, maybe Gabe Velarde gets bumped up there, anyways. But of course, the Eelers Connor Shifley line was was humming along pretty nice, too. Um, so, you know, opportunity came calling maybe a little earlier for Gabe Velarde because he was still working himself back into game shape. But my goodness. Ah, uh, there is no sign of rust at all, and uh, I saw there. There's the website la- uh, last week. I saw they 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 give the game score based on a number of underlying factors, uh, an average game score for every player in every game, and and there was a stat that really jumped out. Gabe Velardi leads the entire NHL in average game score ahead of Nate McKinnon, who is second. And all the usual suspects you can imagine, Connor McDavid, Cale um, McCarr, you know, the, those guys, they're all in the top 10. But Gabe Velarde, now granted his, his sample size is smaller, but that included his average for every game he's played in, including the first three before he got hurt and those few games after he came back from injury where he would be the first to admit he didn't do a whole lot. To think that his average game score is actually leading the NHL. It just shows how dominant he's been. And, you know, a, a trade that I think many of us thought at the time looked pretty good for the Jets is um, is looking like potentially the, the heist of the century by Kevin Chevalet off.
0: Well, we'll see whether he can keep the heater going tonight, uh, along with Scheifele and Ehlers against the Blackhawks, an 8 o'clock start considering this is our last visit of 2023 and the way this season and this year is ending. I have to, for a moment, look past tonight to the weekend. Yes. Mike, we all remember how things ended between the Minnesota wild and the Winnipeg jets last season, the cheap shot from Hartman, knocking Ehlers out, unable to return in the end of the regular season or for the start of the playoffs, incredible bad blood between the teams, even Including the coaches. Now, Dean Evison has been since fired and he won't be on the bench. It's John Hines now with the Minnesota Wild. What do you expect? um, (laughs) What do you expect to see um, come Saturday afternoon and then Sunday afternoon as these teams meet for the first time this season in a quick back to back of matinees?
3: Yeah, there's uh, the fireworks may be starting a little early uh, ahead of New Year's Eve. And the fact that the schedule makers have turned this into a home-and-home, I would expect by the second game on on New Year's Eve in the Twin Cities, uh, these teams will be in quite the lather, a full hate-on for each other, I suspect, at that point. And they haven't met each other yet. Uh, And, you know, what's great is that the wild after just a terrible start, uh, including firing their coach, they seem to have gotten their house in order and and they're going pretty well now too. So, you know, I I suspect first and foremost, especially if you're the wild, you're trying to get four points out of these head to heads with the jets uh, because, you know, you dug yourself a pretty big hole uh, in Minnesota and you now need to to get all the points you can, especially when you're facing a divisional opponent. That's being said, there's no question that there is bad blood and and uh, and some hostilities between these two groups, even with you know some change in personnel. So, um, you know, I, I suspect us we're going to see uh, one heck of a hockey weekend, um, and uh, it, it should be an absolute doozy of a twenty four hours or so to see these two teams face off twice.
0: Yeah, well, it was seasons beatings on uh, the twenty second in uh, one way when the Jets took out the Boston Bruins. Yes, it could be seasons beatings in a different way when these teams get going coming up on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Mike, uh, how's your flight home? Is it any better than your flight going down there today or yesterday?
3: Yeah, only one layover tomorrow when I fly home. I'm coming home through Mini, so it's uh, it's a little uh, it's a little better. Um, and it's not till the afternoon tomorrow. So don't have to get up at the, the crack of stupid tomorrow to fly out of here. So, yeah, sh- all, all good. As long as we don't get any weather. Because um, I, I don't even think I, I shared with you my, my adventure getting home from Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. My goodness, Huss, this was an all-timer. 7 a.m. flight out of L.A. I'm supposed to be going through Calgary. We, we get on the plane. We taxi out to the runway. A woman at the front of the plane has a full-blown anxiety attack to the point that they call the paramedics. Back to the gate we go. They deal with her. Uh, That whole episode took over an hour. Now back out to the runway we go for our second attempt, and the plane suddenly develops mechanical issues. So back to the gate we go a second time. Uh, Long story short, three and a half hours on the plane, all we did is go to the runway and back twice. Eventually, we deplane. They canceled the flight. They rebooked us all for the next day. I was not having any part of that, so I found my own way home. That involved going to L.A. to Vancouver to Calgary to Winnipeg, and got me in at two in the morning. Um, so yeah, I've had a few. Uh, I've had a few adventures lately uh weber has the next couple jets trips coming up after this though so uh it should be a quiet january for me because he's he's going to handle the bulk of the travel for the next couple trips so fingers crossed that we don't get any weather and uh, it all ends smoothly tomorrow all right well listen
0: you can go grab a chicago dog you can get in a in the rack if you want after dropping 22k steps already this morning <laughs> exactly you've earned it We'll look forward to your report in the free press tomorrow, Mike. Travel safely. Fingers crossed that it yeah. runs smoothly tomorrow. And um, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. But, again, thanks for everything in 2023. You're certainly one of our favorites. And uh, um, the coverage that you guys are doing for the free press is uh, is huge for the city and for Winnipeg Jet fans. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks, Hus, Remus, and uh, to all the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, viewers, listeners. Uh, Thanks for having me a part of your lives, folks, and uh, have a great New Year. Take care. Good
0: good stuff, Mike. All right, there is Mike McIntyre. I'm going to get the boys in here and our usual Monday roundtable we're going to do today. Um, And we'll get a little update in this game right now, which looks like it's all Canada, but uh, Connor's been on that. We'll get an update in just a minute. I do want to thank our friends at Princess Auto. Check out Princess Auto for some great Boxing Day deals this week. And the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24 365 at princessauto.com. It might be a great spot to check out those Boxing Day deals as well. From the comfort of your own home. Speaking of Boxing Day... I should get the gram up right now. Remus, if you can, fire up the Royal Sports Instagram and just get this post up. Boxing Day, maybe their biggest Boxing Day sale ever at Royal Sports right now. And, um, you know, anyone that's been to Royal in the past will know that, um, you know, they have, uh, listen, the, the it would take an hour to get through all of the stuff that they've got there. But, I mean, licensed merchandise, hockey, and more. Um, But right now, for the winter, North Face jackets are all on sale, up to 50% off. The selection of kicks is unmatched anywhere. Everything is 30% off. Um, Deals on true hockey skates, Warrior Hockey Sticks, Burton and and Anon snowboards, boots, bindings, helmets, jackets, pants, goggles. Just about everything's on sale at 50% off. Tons of other deals. Uh, If you like saving money, and I know most Winnipeggers do, get on down to Royal Sports right now. I cannot urge you enough. The biggest Boxing Day sale ever is underway right now at Royal Sports. at 750 Pemina Highway. And hey, if you're looking for a great spot to get together with the gang to watch the game tonight, you know it's your local Boston pizza. BP is going to be serving up those ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and... You'll also be able to watch the big game on the big screen with big sound at your local BP. And if you are staying in tonight or any other night, you can get the great taste of Boston pizza delivered hot and fresh to your door at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's bring Remus in here for a minute. Reem, I did bury the lead when uh, speaking about um, the Winnipeg Media Fantasy League with Hammer. We were hoping for that WST, all WST final. Um, but you got taken out by Achenek. And in reality, and Connor's going to have to speak to this,
1: you got screwed by Brock Purdy. <laughs> well, I think I got, I mean, there were a lot of factors, but it came down to Sunday night with Brock Purdy and the 49ers uh, going up against Baltimore. And Brock Purdy put up a 7.4, which is actually more than I thought it was going to be considering what he threw four interceptions and I lost by uh, 16. So, I mean, if he has an average game, I probably win. But look, I didn't get blessed uh, with the good matchups there. You know, McCaffrey and Purdy went up against Baltimore and his guys ran hot, a couple of them, Gibbs and Calvin Ridley, each scoring multiple touchdowns. My guys did not score multiple touchdowns. Uh, Sam Laporta was elite all season. Was not didn't show up, and for Detroit against Minnesota. And look, uh, you know I had a great team, great season, finished first place. But in the playoffs, uh, Brock Purdy just quashed all talk of him for being MVP and quashed my season. And I'm playing against Jeff for third place. I don't even know if there's a third place prize, but I'm going to set my lineup and... There is. Uh, there is.
0: I got the email from the commissioner.
1: Oh, was there an the email? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: You was get there a your, prize a, for most points? Back. I don't think so.
1: Damn. Did you win that? Yeah, I had the best. Yeah, of course. I you had, had the, the most points. I had the most points in the regular Hammer season. Hammer versus That's...
0: Remus. Hammer versus Remus in the third place so then matchup.
1: And I don't have to pay Taylor the entry fee? If you anyone? win, yeah. Good. Okay, I better beat Jeff, then
0: I don't have to pay... This is a, this is the big match. Well, we we can we can check the matchups on Friday. Um, listen, I'm going to get through the cool bet lines in a minute, but I did just retweet this out. Um, and for everyone that had my Christmas gift to you, the Friday WST parlay of Jets to win and a points from Velarde, Shifley, Ehlers, Morrissey for plus six fifty five or plus six eighty five. We're back at it again. Now, I mean, the Jets on the money line are like a minus 213 favorite. So we're going to try and keep the Macarena going, a Velarde goal and an Ehlers goal. So Velarde and Ehlers both to score, Jets to win, plus 715. If you want to get in on that, we'll go through the rest of the games a little bit later on. But as we've been having a lot of fun doing on Monday, um, let's get both Remus and Connor Rabchak in here, and before we kind of talk about what happened to the Chiefs and the Niners and everything else on the weekend, I know Connor's been keeping a keen eye on this Canada game. Um, and we'll actually get to Elias Salmonson's very own un- ugly start to the tournament and whatnot. Right now, six nothing Canada over Latvia with two and a half minutes played into the third period. But as we uh, get the boys up, we'll uh give Connor a happy holidays as well and uh what's going on how was your last few days with the fam I saw a nice little ODr you got going on uh, with the with the family a little bit of time spent on the blades
4: yeah the backyard rink it's been a long time coming with the weather uh, it's been tough to get it going but Christmas Eve is always a, a time where we all go out there and do a, a holiday skate and uh the rink was in pretty rough shape but we flooded it three or four times and then went out at like 10 p.m um, and we were able to do it, which was nice.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, hopefully you and the Harabchak uh, clan had a great holiday. Um, fill us in. I know as we've been doing the program, you've been keeping an eye on uh, Canada, who got off to a nice start yesterday against the Finns, a heavy favorite against Latvia. What, uh, what's what been going on this afternoon?
4: So, yeah, Canada against Latvia. We've seen this movie before. You're expecting a high score. You're expecting 11-0. Um, but at 5-on-5, five five, I think this game's been pretty even. Latvia's been really undisciplined and put Canada on the power play a lot. And if you're going to do that, Canada is going to have the talent. They even had a five on three at one point. Um, and they're just going to take advantage of that. Connor Geeky scored a really nice goal to start. But the most impressive thing for me from this game and game one against Finland has been Macklin Celebrini. Um, 17 years old. He's got five points in five periods. I don't know if he was if he's added to that yet since, <laughs> since we hopped on here. But he's been really impressive. He's not playing too much, but in the minutes he's getting, he's putting up major points. Um, but I'd like to see better five on played from Canada against a team like Latvia, but you can just win off special teams when they're
0: going to take that many penalties. Yeah, shots are 30-15 right now, and I think that's sort of the way we would expect. Um, Was not a great or long start for Elias Salmanza. I think many of us were fired up to see the Sweden game, and if you tuned in a minute into the game, you'd missed it. Um, A game misconduct for checking from behind is a poor decision. Although he did sort of miss the guy, but that doesn't matter in double IHF rules. Um, and then clip for game number two. So we're going to really be waiting to game number three for the host Swedes to get at it for, uh, for Elias, maybe touch on him and, and Rutgers shaking off the rust in his first game back after not playing at all in the pre-tournament games.
4: Yeah. Starting with Elias, I mean, 25 seconds in turns the puck over and then hits a guy from behind and then gets suspended a game for it. His next time he'll be able to play is uh Friday against Canada so having not played in the tournament or having played 25 seconds, um, that's a heck of a test to to get thrown into is against Canada. So I'll be interested to see him. Scott Wheeler, you guys had on last week. He's really high on Elias Salamonsen, and I I want to see it right. Um, and against Canada, that'll be really interesting. And then Rucker McGordy, yeah, you could tell for sure that that was his first game back, uh, knocking the rust off for sure. He was he didn't he didn't try and sugarcoat it in the post game. He said he played terrible. He needs to be better. Um, so hopefully for him getting up to speed these second, third games and then into the the playoffs, if you will. Um, Rutger and Elias should be playing huge roles for their teams.
0: Um, all right, Reem. You know what? Well, listen, we'll finish with it. We'll we'll finish with NFL. Um what Reemus, your thoughts on this week for the Jets. I mean, this game tonight, I'm kind of looking at it like I'd love to see the offense continue. But this is one of those games to me where you just got to find a way against a team like Chicago with where they're at to get two points. It doesn't really matter how coming out of the break. Come back with two points. Um, But thoughts on tonight's challenge, but also the weekend. Like, we've talked about the Wild and made comments about them, and, oh, it's going to be neat when the Jets and Wild play. But it just took so long, but now it's just about here. And the Wild are a little bit of a different team. But like we talked with Mike, I do wonder how much of that bad blood is going to carry over. Because there was a ton of it at the end of last season, as we all remember.
1: Yeah, you're looking at tonight's game, the Jets massive favorites, minus two forty one. This is a game uh they should win, but you know, maybe at the end, you know, Chicago has uh, won games this year, and Mike pointed out they did win against Colorado, and you do wonder how are they going to be affected by first game back after the break, traveling at 9 a.m., oh, the late start time, you know, the layoff, well, but Chicago's been sitting there, but interesting to hear Mike talk about how the Jets have been all loose, and, you know, giddy at their morning skate, well, Chicago maybe had a bit of a different tone. Uh, this is a game they should win, but you know maybe if Chicago shows up, I don't know, when something happens, but they they could pull this one out. You, hey, you never know. But uh, the the ones, the Minnesota games back to back, you know, in Minnesota again at the holidays. I know it's not Thanksgiving as as it traditionally has been, <laughs> me, makes me kind of nervous. I think they'll take the the home one, but I would see a split. But certainly big games, and will something happen? You know, We like to hype up. Oh, Ryan Hartman had the dirty hit and. These teams have had bad blood in the past. Remember what, Adam Lowry uh, fighting Ryan Reeves as well, who is not on Minnesota anymore. Oh, Reeves is gone now. We'll see how tall the rest of the Wild yeah. are without Reeves in the, the lineup. So, I, you know, maybe this is something we hype up and nothing will happen. I, I'd like to see, you know, some fireworks, but, you know, maybe it'll just be another game. Minnesota has been playing well and they can get, you know, make some ground in the Central. So it is a big game for them. For the Jets, they'll just have to keep playing the way they're playing, so uh, I don't know if I really answered your question, but the Jets are big favorites today, and they should win, but it seems like there are some factors, uh, external factors going against them, but they're feeling good about the way they're playing.
0: Connor, I, I don't know. I mean, just the way that the Winnipeg Jets keep on hammering the fact that they're family, how Rick Bonus keeps on saying, you come at one of us, you come at all of us. Uh, I, I mean, maybe this is just me trying to stir things up, but I don't think that what happened at the end of last season is lost on most of the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think it will be. I mean, Rick wanted to kill Dean Evison at the end of that game. Um, Like, I don't think this is going to feel like another one of these sleepy matinees that we often have around this time of year.
4: Yeah. And at the absolute minimum, these are two division rivals. Minnesota's coming on as of late, they're getting really good goaltending and, with a home and home, regardless of what happened last year, anything could happen. Especially in that second game, you could see a lot more physicality, a lot more fighting. Um, and then, yeah, if if that stuff gets going, I could totally see Adam Lowry uh, trying to fight Ryan Hartman or um, Pat Maroon stepping up for someone on the on the wild side of things. It's all oh, the big rigs on the
0: wild. Yes, That's right.
4: <laughs> yes. So they replaced Ryan Reeves with Pat Maroon, so they they got some more physicality in there. But yeah, I could totally see it happening, especially in that second game. You play a team back-to-back, it's bound to happen, never mind the fact it's Minnesota and what happened last year.
0: Remus, do you think one of our thugs like Ehlers or Shifley are going to have to drop them? Uh, They've (laughs) kind of cooled a little bit on the fighting from the start of the season.
1: Yeah, and Mike Shifley was not afraid early in the year. Nikolai Ehlers, uh, someone wrote in chat, Elias McCracken, I expect Nicky Knuckles to take care of his own business against (laughs) Hartman. (laughs)
0: Nicky Knuckles, I
1: love it. (laughs) I mean, you go to HockeyFights.com. I do remember. I mean, Ehlers, when he gets in a mood, not afraid uh, to defend himself. Oh, here he is. Last couple fights. Braden Shen last year. Uh, Corey Perry a couple of years ago. Uh, right. Brad Marchand in 2020. Ryan Getzlaff. Ehlers has quite uh, the fight card. Tyson Berry. Uh, so, I mean, these fights, they don't last very long. Huh? So they're not going to get the high rating on Hockey Fights. Dot com, but he's not afraid to stand up for himself. And I feel like he's more in Ryan Hartman's weight class than, uh, than Adam Lowry. I mean, remember when Evgeny Malkin, uh, what hit Blake Wheeler and Wheeler had to, Hey, they went, uh, the picture is behind you, uh, Hus, actually. yeah. Um, So I wonder if we see something, something like that, but look, they need, to, but the bottom line is that was last year. This is a different team. They need Ealer scoring goals. You can't have a guy hurting his hand. I mean, these fights, Hus, these guys wear a visor covering half their face and a helmet. Like, the area you have to make a direct hit is this much. Like, they need healers scoring goals, not not yeah. dropping the gloves. As much as uh, we want to fantasize about uh, some type of revenge. Re- in reality, the best revenge is on the score sheet, but I don't know. It's something about, uh, I mean, hey, we're still talking about, you know, fights from the past, though. So, I don't think anything's going to happen, though.
0: These, uh, I'll be... I'll be shocked, in fact, if there isn't something, at least with Hartman. I don't think it'll be with Ehlers, but somebody else. And then just knowing the way the Wild are, I mean, they've always been a team that's, like, that's jumped in head first to that sort of stuff. And maybe they look at the Winnipeg Jets and say, we'd love to get into a game like that with them. Anyways, it's going to be an intriguing, intriguing weekend. First things first, though. This game tonight. I mean, Connor, just a quick thought on the Jets' challenge going into Chicago tonight against a team that was really struggling heading into the break and um, just trying to get back to where they were coming off that incredible, incredible Friday night at Canada Life Center heading into the break.
4: Yeah, I'll be watching that top line: Gabe Vallardi, Scheifele, Ealers. They've been on fire. Their analytics are incredible. I think they're over sixty percent in expected goals. Sincere. And can can they keep it rolling? I mean, this is a team where they should keep it rolling. Um, Outside of Connor Bedard, you're not really scared of anyone up front. And then they've got uh, – they had some injuries on the back end, so I'm not sure if, like, Korchinski or Seth Jones are playing. Um, I haven't checked that. But that top line should feast again. Gabe uh, Velarde scored in five straight games. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm – I am I hear the excuses, the the flying here today, divisional opponent, late start. It's kind of set up for a trap game, but the Jets this year – we heard it after that LA game, which was the third game in four nights, second night of a back-to-back. They went down two nothing. They could have rolled over. Uh, Rick Bonus talked about it after that game. They could have made an excuse: "Oh, we're, we're tired. We, we just played three games in four nights." No, they came back, scored five unanswered goals. So I think this Jets team is is excuse-free. At least this up up until this point this season, and I think they should get the win tight.
0: All right, uh, and I see OBA's Stan has played his last game at a Jet. As I said. There is a WST moratorium for the rest of 2023 on what happens with the defense when Villy's ready to go, a bunch of those other topics. Uh, well, who's the top line when Kyle Connor comes back? Those will be hot topics in January of 2024 for sure. Right now, it's um, figure out a way to get two points and then get ready for what should be a wild finish to 2023 with the uh, rivalry renewed between the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, anyone? Anyone in chat going to the um, going to those games? I, I I I mean, Wild Jets at one p.m. on Sunday, and then Packers Vikings Sunday Night Football at seven twenty. Hell of a way to finish off twenty twenty three. Interested to know if any WSTs are going to be doing that double di- that double dip that day. Um, all right, let's get to – okay, and Connor and I both have to answer for our respective teams. Remus, I'll start with you. Um, and I know you were most probably locked on a couple of particular games due to fantasy football, but uh, what were your big takeaways from the uh, festivity of football we had in the National Football League on the
1: weekend? Which day? Um I guess, the whole, the whole week? Let well, the me weekend the overall. I mean, the weekend overall. I mean... Like,
0: Christmas Day was a lump of coal for the other two members of this panel other than you. Yeah. Um, and we will touch on that as well. But big winners. I mean, how do we not start talking about Joe Flacco?
1: I was, I, I was actually <laughs> right. going to bring that up. There's a big game Thursday, and Joe Flacco getting talked for a comeback... Uh, player of the year. He's played four games, and it's amazing how he's been better than what the guy they guaranteed all his money to in Deshaun Watson. Amari Cooper going for over 200 yards. Uh, he's thrown over 300 yards in, like, every game. Uh, it's unbelievable. By, by that this- way, it's,
0: it's the best stretch of three games in a row in Joe Flacco's career. Now, regular season, because we all remember he does still have the greatest playoff run in NFL history. 11 touchdowns, no picks, that miracle run to the uh, to the Super Bowl where they beat those Niners. Yeah. But with the Browns, he is just laying it out. And, Connor, I don't know if you saw much of that Browns game. And I've never been in a big Amari Cooper guy. He, that was one of the greatest games I've ever seen by a receiver because, I mean, these catches that he was making, well, I mean, they weren't just simple, like there's no one around and you're just walking in. I mean, he's taking slant 60 yards. He's making circus catches. And then every time he walks back to the huddle, he looks like he's got one leg. I, it honestly was one of the more incredible receiving performances I can remember in a long time.
4: Yeah. And Amari Cooper is the kind of receiver that has games like this. Maybe not to this extent, but he'll have like 10 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns one week. And then the next week he'll have maybe three catches for 20 yards and you won't really hear his name much. But he had one of those games where he just went off. And now all of a sudden the Browns are a team where people are talking about them like you, a team you don't want to see in the playoffs if you're um, in the AFC. Like if you're the Kansas City Chiefs who are struggling, and we'll get to that in a second, but do you want to see the Browns come to town with how Joe Flacco has been playing? Which is a crazy sentence to say because the guy was on his couch like two months ago. Um, but Deshaun Watson gets hurt. They bring Joe Flacco in and he plays better than any stretch Deshaun has had uh, as a member of the Browns. And now all of a sudden the Browns are on a heater. Uh, You don't want to see them in the first round of the playoffs. And it's it's just crazy that this is a a real storyline in the year 2023. I was
0: listening to a fantasy podcast and they said, can you imagine if four weeks ago when he was signed off the practice roster to start a game, we said, you know what? this would be a really good time to roster Joe Flacco. He might win you your league. Like what <laughs> right. people would have said to that. I mean, it. The, the, the thought of that was preposterous at the time. But you're exactly right. I mean, that is an all-world defense. Miles Garrett is an absolute killer. Um, but, you know, no Nick Chubb, no Deshaun Watson, and, you know, here they are, um, you know, uh, pushing Baltimore. For number one, and they were probably the the most choked about the result of the the late game on on Christmas. We may as well start off with the early game on Christmas Day, and that was the Chiefs Raiders. And as I said, thank God I had this ridiculous run of luck in fantasy because I would have I, I I needed to spend an extra little bit of time moving past that game before showing up at my family's place for Christmas dinner with any level of festive cheer and spirit. Um, that was offensively the rock bottom in the Patrick Mahomes era. Uh, I mean, I think he's played 109 games, and I think by a number of metrics offensively, that was the worst game that they'd ever had. Um, it, it is somewhat, it seems impossible that Aiden O'Connell could go the second, third and fourth quarters without completing a pass and still win the football game. Um, but that was how many issues the chiefs had on offense and the mistakes. I mean, you give up two defensive touchdowns in seven seconds. I guess one was a special teams and fire that up with the pick six right afterwards. You know, you really put yourself behind the eight ball, but the inability for their offense to do absolutely anything was really, really concerning. And I guess I have to move off my bold statement after the Buffalo loss that they were going to win all of their remaining games and then run through the playoffs. It's pretty hard to make an argument right now, as much as I would love to do it, um, that the Chiefs are better than the Ravens or the Dolphins. And i probably put the Browns in there, and I think the way the Bills are playing right now, you could probably add them into that group. I mean, there's no separation. If anything, they need to be way better just to play on that level with those teams. The one thing that I take away from it from a Chiefs perspective is that their defense is still playing at an incredibly high level, which is at the same time the most frustrating is that, you know, they've won Super Bowls where their defense has sucked and it has been all on the offense to make it happen. And right now the defense is playing at a championship level, and the offense can't not do anything. I mean, it'll be a wild off season. I mean, I think they're going to blow up that entire receiver room without the exception of Rasheed Rice um, and get some new weapons and completely change that up. And I would not at all have an issue if Matt Nagy was one and done as the OC. Um, but I will caution everyone before just completely writing the Chiefs off that that is, to use a wrestling analogy... Until the referee has gone one, two, three, there's no one that can pull an undertaker like Patrick Mahomes. So we'll see what happens over this next couple of weeks. But the, the, it, the Arrowhead Invitational is off other, uh, unless there's a bunch of upsets at the start of the year. Um, and Remus, you know what is crazy? Just And we'll get to this game in a minute with, uh, with Connor and the Niners. But just speaking about the AFC... That Ravens win was such a statement game. We talked about what it did to the MVP award, you know, odds now that Lamar's the favorite. Um, That was the late game on Monday out on the West Coast. The Ravens have to go back from that game and then get ready for a noon start against the Dolphins in a game that could determine the one seed. Like as high as I am on the Ravens for what they just did, This is an incredibly difficult spot play for the Ravens right now. And I I haven't made a pick yet, and we'll kind of spend some more time in the lock shop as we get closer to the weekend figuring that out. But I think Miami is very live in Baltimore this week, coming off that huge win against Dallas that they had on Christmas Eve. And the fact that, you know, there has to be some semblance of a letdown like, the Ravens are the best team in the NFL as underdogs. Favorites, not so much. They will be the favorite. Everyone will be expecting them to win. And I'm not sure the Miami Dolphins don't have a very good chance of going in and winning that football game, despite how great Baltimore looked against the Niners.
1: Yeah, just on the KC Chiefs, uh, it's pretty clear they need an overhaul of the receivers. Mahomes hitting these guys in the hands. They're not catching it. He doesn't trust them. Combined with uh, going from Eric Bieniemy to O.C., Matt Nagy, and I have every Bears fan on Twitter saying that this is what Mahomes would have looked like if he was on the Bears or on a different team. Uh, they got to get, get rid of him too, us. Get someone else uh, who can call the plays. Uh, as, far as, the, as far as the AFC, yeah, Dolphins, Ravens. Uh, Dolphins 11-4, and 4, Ravens 12-3. and 3. Ravens with a big statement game. Is it going to be a letdown? I'm not so sure. Lamar Jackson, this guy looking like everything like the MVP. Finally, he's got some receivers. Rookie uh, Zay Flowers make an impact at running the ball with Hill and Gus Edwards look what their defense just did to uh, other MVP candidate Brock Purdy uh, very curious the timing uh, of the game is interesting with the Ravens playing the late game but I'm gonna go with the Ravens you know they've had so many losses huss in the playoffs where you know they've been you know the higher seed and they just haven't had that playoff success it feels like this is this is their year Hus, and chance for them to take the number one seed and make a big statement with the win over the Dolphins. So I'm I'm going with the Ravens here, but I seem to be wrong repeatedly. <laughs>
0: well, speaking of number one seeds, I mean, I had said it. I was all over the Niners in that game on, on Christmas night. I thought that would be a game where they just sort of reinforce that the power pole of the NFL starts with San Francisco, then there's a gap, and then there's everybody else. And then the Ravens showed up. Connor, I mean, what do you have to say for your team? Um, Was this just a terrible game from Brock Purdy that went awry and that was why it ended up where it is? Um, Or was there more to this Um, with the great Baltimore defensive performance, all the turnovers, and maybe more important, where does this leave the Niners going forward after such a shaky game for a guy that was a minus 200 MVP favorite before the game started.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's easily the worst start of Brock Purdy's career. Um, but I, I'm i actually not panicking. And like that game was rough. They got their butts kicked in prime time on Christmas night. Like, it's not good. Um, but Christian McCaffrey, when, when they were running the football, they were getting chunk plays. And I'm not worried about Kyle Shanahan the way that a Chiefs fan might be worried about a Matt Nagy. Um, and I I I think the Niners, they've proven that when they beat the Eagles, they beat the Cowboys, that they can beat these teams in the NFC, regardless if it's in San Francisco, if it's in Philly. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. I still would expect them to go to the Super Bowl. But if they meet the Ravens, I don't know. It might be dicey. But again, I I thought Christian McCaffrey played great. Every time they ran the ball, he was getting chunk plays. If they can stick to that, I like their chances more. I don't think it would be as much of a blow in the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, maybe not Brock maybe Brock Purdy not having the worst game of his career would help as well. Um, but I'm not panicking too too much. Yes, it was a tough loss, but it is what it is. you got you got your you got punched in the mouth by the top team in the AFC. It's gonna happen. Um, I, I do think it's a little reactionary the whole Brock Purdy MVP line movement and how he went from minus 200 to basically like plus 800 I'm seeing. After one game, I I know it was zero touchdowns, four picks, but um I said it last week that CMC is my Niners MVP. And if someone's gonna win MVP on the Niners, it should be CMC. I think that just reinforced that, but I think it'll end up being Lamar. Well, the just the issue of that is game. that
0: the issue is that Lamar gets so much steam. And right. I mean, when you really look at it, they had so many short fields. Like his not like his numbers were crazy. And you compare Lamar's numbers to the rest of the league, and it's like, well, I mean, it doesn't really stand out but they're 12 and three and they just went into a game that was watched by 30 million people and put a hurting on what was everyone's choices by far the best team in the league so he's going to get it i i listen i'm not ripping up that 70 to 1 cmc ticket though because no i think this is going to be an angry and pissed off niner team that goes in and oh they've got the commanders which is a great, great situation to be in if you're in a fantasy final and have a McCaffrey, a Debo Samuel. Um, and listen, I do think this ship has sailed for Purdy just because of that performance. But man, if McCaffrey goes for a three or four touchdown game, it's game on again for uh, for him. And we'll see what happens. Again, at the same time, I think this is such a tough spot for the Ravens to come right back at it in a game for the one seed. Um, albeit at home against a Dolphins team that had that big win against the uh, uh, big win against the Cowboys on the weekend. And uh, I did. What, see do you, for Tani, what do you think
4: the line? What do you think the line opens at next week if the Dolphins beat the Ravens and CMC has three touchdowns against the Commanders?
0: Grand uh, MVP. I wouldn't be surprised if McCaffrey moves into the lead. Okay. Um, I, like I think he, I think he's right there, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what will. Let's just see if if we've got some up to date. We can kind of get ahead of this in a minute, but oh no, no lines right now on it. But well, we'll take a look. I, I'm trying not to stress about it too much because in the first half, I'm like, oh, oh, Purdy's throwing a couple picks, CMC's going off, we are back in business, and then Lamar, I mean, he was so good and doing that against a, Ra- a Niners defense, I think is something that um, you know certainly gives it a big, big push to to his candidacy. Um, and hey, if you're the number one team, you get a lot of love for that. I mean, winning is what it's all about. But I have to shout out Todd and who's there. And as much as this pains me, and I owe him a beer because we bet on this game as well, give the Raiders D some credit. I mean, they have to get a ton of credit. I mean, they did nothing offensively all game. They got a defense and special touchdowns and then basically shut the Chiefs down for the entire second half. Um, Antonio Pierce should absolutely be the next coach of the Raiders. And they'll have to figure out, you know, some sort of an off, a great OC to come in there. But as a leader of men, as a motivator, this team is night and day from what it was under that fraud Josh McDaniels. So, um, hey, they deserve that victory. There's no two ways about it. They were the better team. um, And that includes uh, the most pedestrian line, nine completions, 62 yards for a winning quarterback, in Arrowhead, that just doesn't happen. But the Raider D was a big, uh, was a big, big part of that. Um, excellent stuff. Hey, Connor, did you do any uh, while well, I put this out to the chat? This is a very unique why not question of the day. This is something that I always ask Remus when we finish the holiday break each and every time. Um, but this is Winnipeg sports talk, and this is def- definitely not a sports question, but it's a very Winnipeg question. Anybody get crazy Boxing Day deals? Has anyone been looking around and saying and something that you would like to, we can crowdsource these deals. Let us know in the chat if you've stumbled upon some great, great Boxing Day deals. Uh, Connor, did you do any uh, Boxing Day shopping? Have you uh, either been online or kicking around for anything that people should jump on?
4: I have not. Um, I did see online though, and this will be one of the sponsors here. I did see Royal sports boxing day deals and I was tempted. um, But I, you know, usually when I go to Royal sports, I go for like a hockey stick or, um, or just any kind of hockey equipment. And I kind of had all that set right now, but if I needed something, I totally would have gone. But yeah, no, no shopping for me. You can get lost. there. The the Royal
0: boxing day sale is nuts. I'm going to be heading down there maybe later on tonight or tomorrow. Uh, what about you, Reem? You've always got your eye on uh, yeah. on a few things. We did get our deal, our Black Friday deal on the Xboxes. I'm a
1: earlier. Yeah. I'm a big uh, Black Friday guy. I get it done early. Um, what I've been in on a Sono speakers, so that was my big uh, Black Friday. We got Xboxes. I added a Xbox controller, but NHL's been on sale. I got the Hot Wheels game. I played that uh, with my son. Uh, what else did he get? I'm trying to, think. you know. Speaking of royal, see a lot. Of, know a lot of people get jerseys, us for you know Christmas or whatever. I did go to the ODR. Saw a lot of selection of jerseys out there, and I'm gonna sidetrack this conversation off of deals. But see a lot of kids out there rocking what Bedard, oh, jerseys. McDavid. Yeah. This is the ODR report. The pipe. Oh, Bedard, McDavid, Kale McCarr was there, and here I am. Coming with my 20 year old Canada 2002 Joe Sakic jersey, never felt Still
0: rocking the Sackick, ne- never felt that.
1: older at the ODR than rocking the Canada Joe Sakic that I've had. Uh, well, at least that's a classic. I mean, what would they, mm-hmm. what would the
0: kids on the ODR have said if you showed up in your
1: Afina Genov jersey? I should, old, I, I, old, I, should, should I should rock that. I should rock that. I got Afina Genov, Alec Martinez, Pierre Marc Bouchard here in the closet. So if I make it out again, I'll have to pull one of those out.
0: <laughs> uh, let us know in the chat. If you've seen anything, Gregory Liverpool is on it. Yeah. A package of 10 packing cubes for travelizing for traveling and organizing for 99, nine. On TSC, what's that? The Shopping Channel, Greg?
1: Yeah. The, Greg, I think are it's... you
0: sitting around watching the Shopping Channel and ordering off the phone? That's amazing. I did not. I did not know that that still happened. But shout out to you. That does sound like a pretty good, a pretty good deal.
1: I'll say. I made fun of my wife for buying packing cubes. They're actually really, really helpful for traveling. You have packing well, cubes?
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: Just like a zippered pouch, so you can organize your. Your suitcase, so you put like your socks in a packing cube, your t shirt, your yeah. underwear, and you just take the packing cubes out of the suitcase and put it in the drawer. You have them, have them all together. They're actually really good.
0: That's next level, Remus. You know me well. That hmm. that's a level of organization that is multiple levels above my pay
1: grade right now. So I'm uh... yeah, and T uh, S T S C dot C A is not the shopping channel it's the canadian company today's showcase and i actually bought i've actually purchased from there what about the nba jam cabinet from that website i think it's owned by rod tsc.ca
0: interesting well we're learning all sorts of new things at the end of uh at the end of the year uh is your boy delta 9 got any sales you know what <laughs> i'll report back to you on that via dm um Connor, great stuff on the Jets this week. And I imagine that was maybe the most fun one to do. Um, And listen, thanks to everyone that checked it out. And if you hadn't seen maybe the earlier ones, the timing was perfect because you had, and I'm sure you had the same conversations with friends and family. I mean, everybody was talking about the Jets. Everybody was talking about that game on Friday night. Um, and a great little primer for the game tonight for folks if they haven't seen it already. Gabriel Velarde on fire, play the Macarena, and um, I mean, what a game on Friday night. I mean, I, I could still spend another hour talking about it, to be honest, even four days removed from it.
4: So I, I remember being on our roundtable and talking about how the the first star of the week was the Kyle Connor Award um and then he got injured obviously but now on this episode I said it might be the Gabriel Velarde award going forward because he's won it back-to-back weeks if he keeps it up on that top line um he's gonna get it again and yeah he's been great thank you to everyone who checked it out um the numbers for it were amazing over the holiday break like you said has everyone was wanting to talk about the Jets um wanted to um you know consume as much content as possible when the team is winning people want to hear about it so it was really fun to put together this week and yeah Gabe Valardi just keeps rolling
0: well um that was uh, it was a great one again it's up there on the YouTube channel uh, by far the biggest uh, viewership of it but uh, check it out if you haven't already leave a comment uh for us and for Connor in the uh, descriptions if you haven't already well listen while, uh, while all three of us are here why don't we quickly check these uh, jet lines for tonight um, we do have a WST parlay, as I mentioned before, Ehlers to score, velardi to score, Jets to win. Uh, oh, it's gone down from plus 715 to now plus 700. So if you want to get that, get it now. Um, I have a feeling there might be some steam on that one. The way the Jets have been playing. But man, we have a big, big uh, slate of games tonight. No surprise. And this... I will say this is a tough day to handicap because you never know really what you're going to get from these teams out of the way. By the way, this is a great look. (laughs) Three of us, right? With the cool cool bet in the background. I love this. Um, uh, CBJ at New Jersey. Devils are minus 262 favorites. They've been very inconsistent this year. Uh, The Rangers are minus 2 and 11 favorites home against the Caps. Battle of Florida. Florida's minus 122 favorites in Tampa. That's an interesting number. Uh, Sens and Leafs in Toronto, Leafs minus 152 favorites. Um, The Bruins, who kind of struggled against Minnesota and Winnipeg heading into the break, they're in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. Boston minus 147. Penguins and Islanders on Long Island. Islanders a slight minus 117 favorite. Uh, the Wild playing well there at XL Energy Center, minus 138 favorite against the Wings. Um, the uh, Canes, minus 135 favorites in Nashville. Take on the Predators. You wonder what the effect of that Dallas loss going into the in the last 15 seconds for Nashville does to them going into the break. Um, the Dallas Stars looking to remain on top, one point ahead of the Jets are in St. Louis. Dallas is minus 170 favorites. The Avalanche in a similar situation to Dallas. They're right there with Winnipeg. They're in Arizona, minus 155 for the Coyotes. Uh, The Jets, uh, Jets might be the biggest favorite on the board. No, no, the Kings are. Um, Jets minus 241 favorites in Chicago. Flames minus 147 favorites at home against the Kraken. Vegas minus 225 favorites in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. And the Sharks, plus 265 underdogs, L.A. Kings, minus 328. Um, you got any picks there, Reem? Any teams that are numbers that sort of jump out with you if we were going to throw a three-gamer together?
1: Yeah, maybe go with the home dogs, us. Bet against travel if you want to go Nashville at home, getting revenge against Carolina. I don't know. this. I like this uh, New Jersey Buffalo game is totals at seven, and I knew sorry, New Jersey Columbus totals at seven. That's getting high, but maybe you can have some fun hitting the over on that one. Um, what do you think? You think Austin Matthews scores again against Ottawa? A lot of goals in that one.
0: What's his goal prop for tonight? It's probably it's minus 118.
1: That's
4: It's going to be the CMC anytime touchdown of the of the NHL. Yeah, pretty Just much. Just hits every game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that, that's what it's looking like right now. Um, anyways, a big, big slate of games right now. NFL lines are up as well. No lock shop for the next couple of days because uh, my partner, Mr. Dustin Nielsen, is busy overseas calling the Spangler Cup at the same time, and you can hit the Spangler, the World Juniors, and more. Um, there are a couple world junior games tonight. USA massive favorite. They're three and a half goal favorites against Switzerland. And uh, you do, do Sweden and Germany are going at it tonight. Sweden, a big favor. And of course, no Elias for that game. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing Elias back in the lineup against Canada later on this week. Um, great stuff. Connor has always been Uh awesome job on it. And uh Here's to uh, a big 2024 coming up, but uh, all the best and the one to get you on and get the boys together one more time on a short week, even though you and I both had football teams to answer for today as much as that was a struggle, um, but bigger and better things for all of us and hopefully our teams in 2024, considering the way things ended last weekend.
4: Yes, hopefully we get some deep playoff runs for the both of us. Uh, That would be nice. But, yeah, thanks for having me on, uh, even though it was a short week. And uh, I'll get back on it Monday. Or, no, there's no show Monday. So we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to do another roundtable next week.
0: I would imagine, you know, maybe a New Year's Day edition of uh, Jets this week with the games being on the Saturday and Sunday. So we'll try and have something for you on the off day. and uh, And then definitely... Kicking off the new year as we've been doing. Have a great one, man. Thanks for jumping on today.
4: Yep. Thanks. Nice to you guys as well.
0: Good stuff. Um, Hey, I got a special thanks to my brother. He knows me well. Like, oh, what do you get me for Christmas? Well, how about just jump down? He heard me talking about the Little Brown Jug deal right now with the 12 mix and match cans with the $15 gift card for the tap room. I got it. So I'm well stocked with generic lager as well as a a few mix and match of other uh, Little Brown Jug favorites. Still time to jump on that. Get on down to the tap room if you'd like to. And uh, don't forget generic. Anywhere you get beer, great beer, that has Little Brown Jug, eight packs right now of generic, $19.99. Great price. Singles are $2.99, but you can grab that generic uh, eight pack at for $12.99, or 1999 dollars 99 at any vendor, Manitoba Liquor Marts, or at Little Brown Jug. And don't forget that the game on Saturday afternoon, if you're looking for beer, great local beer, generic in 1919, available at Craft Beer Corners on the upper bowl and lower level. Um, a big happy new year to our friends Nick and Nikki DQ with their great support of WST. Um, they've got the DQ in, in uh, on Northgate with that drive-through, the DQ in Polo Park. They've got your DQ ice cream cakes ready. If you want to pop in, they'll have something ready to go if you want to add that to your family's New Year's celebration. Um, but if you've got a party, you've got an event coming up, it's always better with a DQ ice cream cake. They're there at DQ um, DQ Manitoba on Instagram. You can fire them a picture. They'll get it done for you for a quick and easy pickup. At either Nick and Nicky DQ. And hey, if you are in Niverville, don't forget they've got that pita pit. And As everyone tries to maybe drop a few pounds heading into the new year, Peter Pit, a great, great option to help you do exactly that. And they've got great catering as well. You can hit them up at Peter Pit Neverville on Twitter or X. Tell them the WST sent you and wish them a happy new year from all of us. And hey, speaking of happy new years, happy new year to Pit and the gang at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Booking continuing to fill up for 2024. If uh, one of your... Things on your to-do list is a world-class fly-in fishing trip right here in Manitoba in the summer. Book now, find out more, akinslake.com. Our pal, Pitt, and the gang would love to take care of you, and maybe we'll see you out at Akins Lake this year. Um, well, back at it, Reem. A couple more days of 2023, and then we move on to 2024, continuing a busy uh, busy run for the Jets, and counting down, if you can believe it, to our third anniversary in just over two months I cannot wrap my head around that
1: yeah I've been doing this uh for a while here and I guess and gonna be entering our what I guess entering technically our fourth year so an exciting one I think it should be a very exciting second half for the Jets they're playing really well and certainly been exciting for us over the weekend a lot of views on that interview you did with Gabe Velarde a lot of views on Connor's Jets this week, and hopefully they can continue their winning ways with a win tonight. We can be here talking about another uh, win tomorrow before the big back-to-back against Minnesota. That should be fun.
0: You know it. Well, um, tomorrow on the program, we'll uh, break down tonight's game against the Chicago Blackhawks and start looking ahead to the weekend against the Minnesota Wild. We're going to try and squeeze all of our regulars in over the course of three days for one final visit in 2023. Uh, but tomorrow we'll kick it off with the latest from the Winnipeg Jets as they get back home, getting ready for the wild as well as the world junior hockey championships. Thanks to Jeff Hamilton. My apologies for ending his fantasy football season. Thanks to Mike McIntyre, Connor Rabchak, and of course, Michael Remus and all of you for jumping in here and, hanging out with us this afternoon. Enjoy the rest of those holidays, everybody, and enjoy the game. 8 p.m. start tonight. Don't forget. And um, whatever you do, make sure you join us tomorrow for a, uh, another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Only a couple more in 2023. We'll see you then tomorrow. Thanks to all of our sponsors, and thanks to you for making us a part of your day. Enjoy the game tonight. Oh, my God! Oh! Shut it! Down.